Vagina abs to stick. That sounds so awful. Daddy, what's that? Cyborg, I want to no. point out that you can't say the word wolf. You said night wolf before, and it's pissed me off ever since. No beta code. I'm surprised. Not bowing down to the con. That's a paddling. <laughs> hey, Cyrax boy, guess what? Who Personal... the fuck doesn't like Yoshi? <laughs> I don't like Yoshi. <laughs> what the fuck? How do we feel about Tremor? Because I gotta say this. I want to see him come. Yes, but it's because I'm actually paying in a bucket at the bottom of my seat. So mm. like, ah. Nitara's design. You know, you're saying Nitara again. Oh shit! Thank Just you. let's <laughs> go. <laughs> I'm on so many drugs at the moment. Great. Glad to hear it. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm done being serious. We can talk about the taste of cock again. If that's what you guys want to. <laughs> Wait. What? This is my fucking ass hanging out. What, bitch? We're not recording right now. We're not recording, of course not. Wondering. Nobody's gonna listen to this. I hear from, like the sound of like bolts being loaded into a chamber and like shots being fired. Is it like an air gun? I don't. I'm hearing like Russian roulette, like right up next to the light. What's going on? Yep, definitely taking shots with a rifle. Welcome back to the Nethercast. I am Cyborg, and I am joined as always by Temp. Razor and Shad for what I believe is episode eighty. Do we finally, we finally round it out it, a little bit here? I think so. Hit the next milestone. Yeah, All Twenty right. more? No, no, forty more weeks. Assuming we're going bi-weekly and we'll officially be old. Yeah, very I, old. I figure if if we can get twenty episodes by or twenty more episodes by the time MK11 is officially announced, which is reasonable then that means we will have our 100th episode right around then. I think it'll work out nicely. We'll have a lot of crap to talk about, so it'll be nice. It'll be wonderful. What if we get there early? Are you just going to sit on 99 and not record for a month or two? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. That's some fine opportunism. Yes. It's all about the overall planning. <laughs> There's none of that. Who am I kidding? No. no right. this is... <laughs> we fly by the seat of our pants. Whatever that means. Anyways, okay. Well, uh, we got some things to talk about here. So this is going to be a continuation of our ongoing, probably triple episode of going through all the Mortal Kombat games and giving our favorite part of the game or just something we really liked and one of our least favorite parts or something we really disliked. And we last left off. We made it through MK1, MK2, MK3, and Ultimate MK3. So I believe we just have MK Trilogy left. And yes. then we continue on down the road. So uh, we'll start off with MK Trilogy and get through the rest, of course. We may not make them through all in this episode. Like I said, this might be a three-parter. We'll see. Depends how fast we go, of course. Um, there are some other things we want to you know, address during this episode. We'll answer some you know, listener questions. And if anybody wants to hop on... And talk with us for a little bit towards the end of the episode. We'll definitely be doing that for any live listeners. Um, but for now, let's just jump right back into it. And let's go into MK Trilogy. So, Razor, do you want to jump us off with MK Trilogy? Uh, Alright. Uh, remind me, were we doing favorite things roundtable and then coming back for least favorite? or? Yeah, Both I think we're doing one roundtable for the best and one roundtable for the worst. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so my favorite thing about Trilogy is Noob Cybot getting his own moves. All right. 
I was pretty simple. <laughs> <laughs> I just any any time any time that any of those you know uh, hidden characters finally got their own roster and weren't just copying Scorpion and Sub Zero, yeah, or Katana in Jade's case. Right, right. All right, so Noob Zybot getting his own stuff, his own shed of stuff. All right, <laughs> I get it. I'm hip. I'm hip to what you're doing. Okay. I like it. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're picking so, up what I'm putting uh, down. Yeah, who's, yeah. Who's next? yeah, 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 yeah. Drop right. it like it's hot. I'll go next. <laughs> uh, my favorite thing about MK Trilogy is the ability to play as different versions of the characters from the games. Now, I would have loved there to have been, and obviously this is the PlayStation version that I'm discussing, but I would have loved there to have been more of the character versions. Um, well, like if, throughout... if you look, the, the ones that are there, the four that are there, those are the only guys whose uh, blue screen actors actually reprise the same roles, and that's why sure. it's them. I, I figure there was a reason, but yeah, I just I wish there was more of that, and I wish there was more of that throughout the later games i don't think we ever really got much of that um basically just cherry picking a very specific design of them from a previous game i'm not just talking about the outfit i'm just talking about the whole shebang i love the idea of being able to play mk1 raiden versus mk3 whatever or mk3 raiden versus mk1 raiden or you know what i mean mk2 raiden it's, and so on and it's so kind forth. of a thing that like street fighter players take for granted because like every fucking collection of street fighter 2 or I think, yeah, I, I think that uh, was there at least one. No, no, not three. I think I think one of the Alpha games let you do it. I don't remember. But like the anniversary collection of Street Fighter 2, you could just, you, you could straight up pick from almost any version of SF2 you wanted and just throw them at each other. And it was wonderful. I always want to see stuff like that done to MK, full blown. Yeah. Well, like, well, like MK1 Raiden and MK2 Jax don't play exactly like they used to because they gave them combos. And running. Don't forget the running. Yeah. <laughs> and by running, I mean ugh, fast walking forward. Well, I mean, there's only so much you can do with the sprites. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Like, a lot of Raiden's combos were mostly doing the uppercut over and over again. <laughs> That's yeah. what actually a lot of them were. It was like the close punch, the uppercut, and repeat, because not a, lot, a whole lot to work with. Right. See, I, don't I know. guess it I works. Just... It's like if if the guy doesn't fly into the air, it doesn't look like an uppercut. It looks like an elbow. <laughs> but yeah, I would have just loved to seen more of this throughout the the rest of the franchise. But we really didn't get that. So that's honestly, if I ever play MK Trilogy, that's the reason for it. Is I like the idea. I mean, it's one of those all in games where you had everybody up up thus far in the series all in one game, which is really cool. But I've, I really like the ability to choose the different versions. I, I would like that in a future MK game if we could. But yeah, that's that's mine. Whoever wants to go next. I would say it's the overall ability for me to finally, at long last, feel like I can pit anyone up against anyone else. Like, you know, it bugged me that I could never really, you know, say, make... Good example here. Like, I can never like fight Noob Cybot against like Nightwolf under my own control. I can, like, you know, just finally I had everyone at my, at my command, and it was just it was just fun. Just having matchups I never thought I would ever have in my life. Like, like, like MK1 Kano versus like fucking Cyber Smoker. 
stupid stuff like that. It was really, really liberating to have so much choice, and the whole game just kind of felt like a giant good against evil war. It felt like the natural conclusion to MK3. So it was just the sheer variety and the full mixing of the MK1 through 3 cast, which was right. really special. Yeah. I, had, I, 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 have, I had so many hours logged into that game. I'm pretty sure it wore out my PS1's laser. All right, Tim. Um, I'm going to agree with Razor and say Noobs I Bought. Because really what was nice about Noobs I Bought was, A, you looked really good. I, I even love the selection portrait so much. But B, I feel like with the other characters that went from hidden to selectable, there was always a catch. Like with Reptile, the catch was he wasn't easy to use. Uh, he, he, I think he's kind of underrated in many respects. His walk speed, I remember, being really good. But uh, uh, he's a challenge. Like if you're not really good at fighting games, MK2 Reptile, is, it, it's hard to adjust to that. And Smoke, I feel like every time they bring back Smoke, there's always a catch. They can't just bring, put. They couldn't just put smoke in a game. It's like in MK3. I'm like, oh god, I hope that's like that hitting character is gonna be smoke in the middle, and it is. But he's a robot. I'm like, okay, well, this is kind of cool too. I guess I can get used to this. Then deception comes around. It's like, oh, smoke's coming back. Oh my god! And but he's a was garbage a, man with garbage. Yeah, it's pants. like yeah, you like smoke. Well, he's back, but now he's a cloud and a sexy cloud, and he doesn't get his own character size to share it with your <laughs> boss. I'm like, what? And he what? stole MC Hammer's pants. Yeah, garbage pants. It's, it's, he looks like a, like a ninja plumber thing going on, which I honestly think looks cool. I'm I'm down with it. He's even got like the plumber utility belt. But fucking, I, there's always a twist. MK9 smoke. It's like, hey, smoke's coming back. Where there's smoke, there's fire, bro. And uh, when he comes <laughs> back, he he looks like a god the con sort of like cocaine mozart which is cool i mean again it's all good to me now cocaine mozart this explains why i like it so much i'm gonna remember that that's a good one Cocaine mozart yeah so i i dig all these versions now but it would be nice to just to get like just for once just to get like a traditional smoke now whatever that is no one even knows what that means anymore but yeah there's like Thing as a traditional smoke because he changed yeah exactly it. like his legacy is all over the place now so you want noobs i bought here's noobs i bought welcome to mk trilogy i dig great his moves are cool he looks really good i'm all about it noobs i bought that's the best thing about mk trilogy all right so uh what's your least favorite thing about mk trilogy temp uh this was hard to articulate so i would say intangibles there's just something about MK Trilogy that, that is very unsatisfying to me. I don't like playing that game. I remember out of all the Mortal Kombat's I bought uh, in my younger days, that one probably fizzled out the quickest. And I think there's two reasons for that. One is because I bought it, I think, simultaneously with Killer Instinct Gold. And like there, there was no playable version of KI2 before that. So I think that hurt its, you know, its playability. But I was just burnt out. I mean, after Vanilla MK3, playing the shit out of that on both, both arcade and console, and uh, Ultimate MK3, playing the shit out of that in the arcades, I just don't feel like MK Trilogy had a lot to offer. I mean, Noobs I Bought was great, and Rain was cool, but I I mean, I just I didn't play those characters. I didn't get good with those characters. And the playable bosses were nice, but I didn't own a PS1 back then, so I didn't get to partake in any of that. So they're just something about... I, I say intangibles because I just don't have a good feeling about that game in retrospect. 
but that that's my negative side. All right. Um, I'll go next here for MK Trilogy. Uh, it just my least favorite part about it is once again the AI is just trash and it's just it just doesn't feel like a well balanced game by any stretch of the imagination. So that's that's really the only thing that bothers me about it. So. But they toned Jade the fuck down. <laughs> yeah, they <that's> did. <laughs> yeah, and then they they replaced her with Noob and Rain. <laughs> Still abusable. Still nowhere near as bad as Jade was. No, you could you could get more than two squares up the ladder in trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, whichever one of you guys want to go next, that's all I got on MK trilogy. I'm gonna say the general shittiness of the N64 version. Combine that with the the sheer amount of difference and hate and envy that inevitably everyone who played one version and knew about the other felt because neither was the complete package they both had different things you could do lame fatalities with like Shao Kahn and Motaro on the N64 and the N64 had Chameleon had this star bridge stage that the PlayStation version didn't and but god the PlayStation had so many more characters and better graphics and infinitely better sound but the loading Jesus fucking Christ the loading there was you had was, to, you had to yeah. uh pre-pick Shang's morphs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Like, basically just go over to a ninja and select it, because that's all anyone fucking did. Because it was free. It's like, have, <laughs> have five ninjas or have two other characters. Shut up. No good. <laughs> so, yeah. There wasn't an ideal version of Trilogy. It was just flawed and also flawed in different ways, and it just depended which way you wanted to roll. But uh, lampshading this a little bit, the N64 version, the thing that bugged me the most about it was just the fact that, I don't know if you guys remember this, but like, they got a noob cybot that was just a straight-up black palette. The PlayStation version got a noob that had a couple of different shades of black, like his skin was slightly lighter, it was like charcoal-y, dark, dark, dark gray. Assumedly to give him more definition, make him look better, but man... I wanted to play straight up Shadow Noob. See, I've always liked Noob with definition better. <laughs> it's it's an either or snail. Like, both have their ups and downs, and I mean, honestly, the way we look at Noob now, why not just fucking throw the both of them together? Even even MK9 did this to piss me off. That Noob's got definition, but the secret Noob is just a black shadow. Fuckers, fuckers. <laughs> well, see, that's that's what that's why I like it the way it is. Like. The new real noob cybot is a person. Light should like affect his body, <laughs> but when he summons his clone, that should be all black. That should be like light should not work on it. <laughs> well, it's just you. Okay, okay. My um my least favorite thing about trilogy is just generally the mechanics, like, it is clearly not as polished as Ultimate. Like, Ultimate still remains, like, to most people, in terms of which one is the best to play, which one looks the sharpest, which one seems the most finished. People still think of Ultimate, even though Trilogy has all this extra shit on it. Because an arcade cabinet was still more powerful than, like, a PlayStation or an N64. Right. And, and clearly they spent more time balancing Ultimate, like... Noob and Rain are fucking broken. 
That is not that is not a game you can play competitively. Yeah, it's it's wrecked. It's it's pretty bad. Yeah, like like to this day when I when I want when I want the MK3 experience, when I want the trilogy experience, I don't play trilogy. I play MK Project on Mugen. <laughs> Cuz that one's actually like it looks sharp and clean and like work has gone into it. <laughs> MK Project A eh? Shad Googles. <laughs> you 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 want the um the Borg one one seven version is the one that's closest to a real game and isn't full of like palette swaps that never existed. <laughs> oh oh thank God. Phew. I was yeah. so afraid. So so afraid. Like you're not you're not gonna get fucking somebody you've never met on the internet's own version of Chrome with that one. <laughs> So no, like I mean, they hot... they go they go a little palette swap. You've got a yellow Katana, and that's Tanya, <laughs> and but they actually gave her that's Tanya's not... moves and everything. Their work that's has not gone much into of a it. stretch. That's that's pretty yeah. impressive. Cool. And it honestly, it has almost the entire MK4 roster made from scratch at this point, or from mythology sprites in those cases. I was about to ask if they bothered to do Quan Chi, and it looks like the answer is yes. Yeah, the most recent Very version cool. has Quan Chi. It's got Serena. Some versions have Shinnok and some versions don't. <laughs> but it's but it's like a it's like a the sprite's been retooled to look more like MKX Shinnok. Neato. Yeah. The the only the only really rough like there's a Draman too, but there's oh, a Hotaru that, there's a Hotaru that doesn't look great, and I wish he wasn't in there. Because oh, he's God, the one that looks tremor. most like There's a Tremor and there's a Triborg. What yeah. are you making me look at, Razor? Why have you done this to me? <laughs> you build me up and then you knock me down. I'm just like those are canon characters, though. <laughs> yes, yes, I know. I just wish they did. I'm saying you're not you're not gonna get Pedro, the striker with a mustache, <laughs> or whatever his name was. Dude, that guy was at least upper mid tier. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so racist. Anyway. All right, well, let's roll on to Mortal Kombat 4, and I'll start off on this one. So with MK4, the thing I like most about it is just the overall... I is sort of cheating, but I mean, it's several things in one. It kind of all culminates to the presentation of the game. I love the announcer. I love the the FMV endings, the, the movie endings. They're not ideal, and I can see why some people prefer not to have them, and I understand why they don't do them to this day. Um, obviously you can tell more story when you're not just doing like a little, you know, 15 second video or whatever, 20 second video. Um, you can, you can get more across and tell more story and lore, etc. Um, obviously it's just way easier to make, of course. Um, I, I do think there's a middle ground, like Tekken does both in the same ending. It'll have yeah. text and then it'll have a little scene. Yeah. And that'd be cool. But, uh, yeah, just the overall presentation. I love the announcer. I just, the MK4 announcer, I don't know why, just always... I, I really enjoy the sound and the tone of the voice of the MK announcer. Um, F, like I said, the, the FMV endings, the menu screen, the select screen. I just like how it's all put together. So overall, just the presentation of Mortal Kombat 4, I'm, I'm a big fan of. So that's that's what I like most. Whoever wants to jump on next, go for it. It's... Yeah, you know what? I'm going to, like chime in here and say that I agree about the presentation. There was something for me decidedly refreshing about seeing MK kind of come back to 
quasi-serious and darker roots and losing the 25 different skulls and whatnot and what have you. That was ugly. But MK4 was at least trying to take itself a little bit more serious. And at the time, at the time, I did not think the, the ending videos were that bad. I, 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 still, I still have questions about the voice acting, but eh, it was of its time. So it had great new characters, a dark, gritty atmosphere, interesting new villains. Sherlock was kind of a letdown, but it was it was it was it was them getting back on their feet a little bit, I thought, and trying to give us what we wanted out of them. So I thought that yeah. was really appreciated. Definitely. Is that yeah. what your favorite part is, or were you just kind of? Oh, favorite part. Yeah, that that's cool. it for me. It's a presentation. I'm, I'm I'm agreeing with you. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. Well, whoever's next. Um, I I don't know, cause like the presentation is a big part of it. Like I was super down on vanilla MK3 and the whole switch from the feel of Outworld to the the city setting and all that stuff. And MK4 was really a big deal for me because it brought the game back to its roots in terms of the feel and the environment. But I don't know if that's my favorite thing. I think... I think my favorite thing is that that was the first game that really made the fatality cinematic with, like, the camera angles and stuff. And, like, you know, Scorpion would do the flame breath on a guy, and the guy wouldn't just fall over right then. He'd actually run around screaming on fire. You know, they they felt a lot more brutal than they even before ever had. Right. <laughs> picturing Michelangelo again. But... <laughs> yes, continue. I, that's, that's what I like. That's what I, I want. I want when Scorpion breathes fire on a guy, that guy to run around in a circle screaming. <laughs> Dude, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, I've, I've long said that the MK4 spine rip is my favorite out of all of them, just because it has that that rent i don't well, know it's like that tough. wrenching yeah, yeah it's that to... wrenching noise of their neck just slowly snapping just seems way more effective and and although it doesn't make any sense i like that he grabs them from the top of their head rather than their neck i've never the neck makes way more sense but to me i love the tugging at like That's... the top of their yeah. skull it just like it he's just... grabbing them by the hair i do kind of like that better yeah. like there's something visceral about it yeah. exactly just the whole like once again it's back to the presentation there's just really interesting sound effects even all the way down to the weird gibberish that they say i mean it's just it's one of those games that just has really the presentations the, just over the top it's really cool the sound was a bit of a mixed bag for me though because in addition to like the voice actors just going absolutely crazy with the johnny bought a car stuff like fully <laughs> oh, half my a, leg huh? oh he's over there home and throw over there <laughs> yeah. <You're> a potato <laughs> what a whoop and various <laughs> other things that were in the indecipherable so, like, I just go what's get a him. ninja <laughs> go get him yet <laughs> love that I, it was just mangled bad Spanish or I, I something like in future games I would love there to be an option in the menu to turn those sounds <laughs> on I don't, yeah, yes, I, I like really... how Killer Instinct has multiple announcers. I want that. <laughs> I want multiple announcers. I, I want Ed Boon back as the announcer and the MK4. And just give us 
all the different announcers from the previous games that they they can just, at least. Yeah, but uh, I just I just want like the uh, gibberish, the uh, yeah. grunts and groans track to be full of that shit, but as an option, so you, like you don't have to have it if you don't want it. But right, there is no fucking way that he was not saying, "Oh, I'm going to throw you over there." Yeah, it is totally <laughs> what it was. <laughs> I've heard arguments to the contrary. I've heard people <laughs> trying to like, no, he's saying, "Oh, I'm going to throw you over there." Right. But um. Anyway, <laughs> that aside, the sound's kind of a mixed bag for me. I, I maintain that like MK2 has the best sound out of the entire OG games before the 3D era. Yeah. I I like the cracking sound effect or what they tried to do there, but <laughs> even now I'm like it just kind of sounds like someone's eating dry cereal. I I, I I I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, uh, that leaves uh, temp. Okay, yeah. Um, I actually changed my mind at the last second because Shadow got me thinking about something. Um, <laughs> one thing that was really cool about MK4 that is pretty much forgotten, not a lot of people talk about it, but it's all the unique throw animations. The, like Everyone had their own bone-breaking throw, plus the back throw, throw was a traditional throw for gameplay purposes. And that was sick, and it was a big deal at the time. Like Sub Zero, like that leg break is like the most satisfying thing, like in fighting games. It's so great. Um, and the list goes on. There's a lot of great ones. I'm still but, um, trying to figure out the physics of Quan Chi's, where he just like grab you by the shoulders and kick you in the knees so that your knees weren't were backwards, <laughs> and somehow supported his weight for a full two and a half seconds. <laughs> and then you went tumbling like a bowling ball. But okay, it was. It was fun to watch. I, think they... I, I love breakers. I want them back so bad, but Me I guess too. I guess X-rays are just longer breakers. So that's, <laughs> that's why we that... never see them, and that's why people don't like them. <laughs> that touches upon uh, something that it reminds me of, like when MK9 was first coming out, and it was at like PAX or something, and I could have sworn it was Spoonie in the background of somebody's video because it sounded exactly like him. And I know he was there, but. I think it was him where he's like when when it was reptiles x-ray or whatever when he gouges your eyes out and he's like how could they how could they even like how does that not kill him how do they, how do they even keep fighting after that and I'm like have you seen Mortal Kombat like this is nothing new I mean people used to get their legs just both of them just snapped in half in the middle of the combat or people with spears and frozen solid and yet back into place everybody is Mel Gibson and lethal weapon (laughs) none of that's ever stopped them before but I don't know it just made me think of that but yeah the throws in MK4 are really really good I agree with you yeah and just at the time like it 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 really took me aback I'm like oh shit they can do that like that's okay so yeah um, yeah I was gonna say quietly Yang was just overall but I think I like the throws better just a little better than quietly Yang yeah yeah just cringe inducing those damn throws <laughs> but all right we'll move on to least favorite things about mk4 i'll go first on oh, this one boy. so my least favorite thing about mk4 is probably not going to be a surprise to most listeners that have been keeping track over the years that i am not too big of a fan of mk4's roster to me that is the biggest disappointment not just from a new introduced characters. Um, I mean, it's not like MK4. I don't like some of the new introduced characters. I like Quan Chi. I like um, Fujin and Shinnok, etc. There's there's a few good ones in there. But with the good comes the bad. I, I'm still not sold on Jarek. Tanya, I've been iffy over the years. Same with Kai. I'm not that big of a fan of him either. 
Um, and just the, more so than the characters introduced, just the overall roster as a whole just feels like very lacking. Like it's lacking a certain amount of characters. I feel like there should be more characters and I wish there was more returning MK2 and MK3 characters. Instead, we, a lot of them just got left by the wayside. I mean, from MK3, did any carry over? I'm trying to think back. Uh, I mean, gold got the robots, but, but otherwise, no. Yeah, we'll talk about gold after this. I, I figure we'll treat uh, that separately boy. like we did Ultimate, but... Yeah. It's only fair. MK4 itself, yeah, it felt like a lot of those characters just got left out, and I don't know. I, I mean... Overall, the roster, to me, is the most... If I were to go, go back and play MK4, the roster itself just leaves me wishing, like, I'll play Sub-Zero, and then I'm like, then what? I don't know. It's just uh, it's missing options for me. See, I I I really like MK4's roster. I mean, I like Gold's better, but for like I yes, Kai is a disappointment and Jarek is a stinker. But I I love was... Reiko and Tanya and those. I like yeah, those characters more than I ever liked Night Wolf or Sindel or Shiva. Like, and I mean that goes part of like my whole thing about. Not never liking Vanilla Three and Four is actually kind of one of my favorite games, but yeah, Four is good. Four is good. For I sure. just I kind of figured there was kind of an, an attempt there to just restructure things and kind of get back to a basic roster with something tight that, it, that there wasn't like a clusterfuck of people because I don't well, know. If you, if you I, I look at the it, sense of like they might they might have taken a look at like Ultimate and Trilogy and gone. Maybe this is too much. Let's scale things back and get back to basics. That was MK4. It was a, it was a back to basics kind of game. Right. Well, if you look at it, MK, MK4 is the first time they did the same thing that they did with 9 and X, where it's like, here's all the MK1 and 2 characters, and then the things that weren't as popular are gone. Because it's like, I, I would have liked to have Cabal back, but again, we got the robots and gold. Other than them... It, I'm not. I'm not really attached to anybody from three, man. Ah, <laughs> uh, Cinderella. I, I think. I think. Like, but but now we're at a point. Like, we complained about this when it happened in X because now we're ten games down the line, and it's like, I really like some of those characters you're not putting in. <laughs> right. I don't want one and two over and again, over and over again anymore. But when MK4 came out, I was ready to go back to MK2. <laughs> All right, well, whoever's next can jump on there. Least favorite part about MK4? Um, I'll go, since I'm already talking. <laughs> uh, least favorite is probably just, like, the just the general gameplay. You know, that's, that's the reason that people look at 4 and not as fondly as, like, other games in the series. It's actually probably thought of as one of the worst. Is, like, it just... It just doesn't feel polished. It, you know, it feels like what it is. Their first time experimenting with 3D and not knowing what they're doing. Hmm. It's interesting that you you're on that kind of like you feel the gameplay is the least uh, attractive part about MK4, whereas I felt the roster. And for me, I, I actually like the gameplay of MK4. Quite I mean, a bit. I don't I don't hate it. I just think that it's that's the reason that it never caught on. Sure. Because I mean, I, mean I, I actually kind of enjoy the game. Like it's very fast paced, and there are combo strings, and it feels like a like a good quick MK game, but. Everybody in the game has the exact same normals. <laughs> and 
and it feels a little bit like weird and glitchy and like graphically it doesn't look great <laughs> that's um yep we're getting into the thing that i actually really dislike about the game we'll go ahead we're done yeah go ahead the it's i mean you can it's, go it's, on it's, much. it's it's specifically the homogenization of the cast and this has been a thing in every mk game to one extent or another up until nine or to be fair mkdc that they'll all share normals, or they'll, they'll, there'll be a lot of overlap with normals shared, but nowhere well, in the you... series does it feel like more prominent, prevalent than, than it does in MK4. In MK4, it's worse than it was in MK1, where, where it's, if not for special moves, I am playing the exact same character yeah. over and over and over again. Some of the animations may look different, but like they all function the same way. Everyone has the exact same combos, even. That's a step down from yeah, that's the, It's not just the normals, like, it's the combos. <laughs> well, like, you had little touches, like Scorpion flicking his foot back and forth across your face in his four-kick combo, or ripping out an axe, whereas Reptile doesn't do that. Or you have Jax who runs up to you and, like, punches you up into the air, and you can stop the combo there, or he punches you back across the screen. Or you have Cabal, who has, like, this running forward high punch, high punch, and then you can do the uppercut if you're smart, or if you just want that 12% damage and want to really look cool, you can hit with, with two hook swords. You can't do none of that shit in MK4. None of it. Same combos for everyone, all the way through. The cast is incredibly homogenized, and it always bothers me. I, I find myself just sitting there spamming projectiles and specials in an effort to have fun and feel like I am that character because I just well don't. see that's how I used when, to play all the time. The <laughs> it's just specials and timing <laughs> when, and it's when all I <laughs> when I play I just play like it's the same thing every time it's jump punch high punch high punch high kick high kick roundhouse something like that. It's <laughs> yeah that, that's it. Every single character can be fucking played with a little bit of variation, mostly the same. And that, that and throwing rocks is how that game is beaten. <laughs> oh, I love yes. throwing rocks. The mind games and the footsies around those rocks is tremendous, <laughs> trust me. Oh, good stuff. All right, Temp? Um, I'm going to agree on the roster. I really don't care for the roster of MK4. It's funny we bring up MKX2 because my, my, my outlook on MK4 is very, very similar to my outlook on MKX. I mean, they have a lot in common for obvious reasons, but... I think outside of Scorpion and Kwai Liang, nothing feels personal in those storylines. I don't feel any connection among those characters, especially in regards to Shinnok. Um, I just, God, and I'm not, a, I liked a lot of the new characters, believe it or not. I love Fujin, I love Tanya. I like Kai a lot, actually. I think Kai's fine. Reiko, I did not like at the time because I was salty that it wasn't Noob Saibot because in the early versions, it was Noob Saibot. Yeah. I don't know if those yeah, that cabinets ever made it off, but. It was like, finally, after two games, he's on the starting roster. Nope. Well, well, half of the new characters were originally not going to be new characters, and then during production, they're like, we should have more new characters. So Kano became Jarek, Kitana yeah. became Tanya, and Reiko, Noob became Reiko. Mistakes it, were made. Things too. <laughs> What's up? I said mistakes were made. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here, and I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking back on the homogenization point, and I'm like, and they even had their I think actually giving them all their own unique breakers was an attempt to actually remedy that and make them feel a bit different. Yeah. Didn't work, but sorry, go on, Tab. I just, I just, I just crossed. No, it's just, uh, God, I just, 
I, really, my response is the exact opposite of Razor's. I love the MK3 roster so much. Not Ultimate, MK3. Uh, the John Carpenter bringing everyone together, just putting all the boxes <laughs> of cereal into one bowl. That was what I love about MK3. So, it just... Who does, I just feel like a lot of things that were really building up to something cool just vanished. Like Cabal's Redemption story, gone. Nowhere to be found. Uh, new yeah. Smoke and Deception was cool. But it came two games late, in my opinion. Uh, it really should have been done in MK4, not Deception, in my opinion. Uh, I thought Smoke's uh, getting his soul back, like, oh, sick, he's, he's teamed up with Sub-Zero. We now know who this guy is, and we know his relationship with Sub. Let's see what happens when they team up together. No, fucking gone. All the things I loved about the previous games were trimmed down to, in MK4 so they could bring back the nostalgic roster. And I really, really resent that. Um yeah, just uh, so I, 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 I'm not the biggest fan of MK4, but there are things I like about it. Like I said earlier, I love the Kwai Liang stuff. I adore Kwai Liang in that game. That, in my opinion, that's his game. Like Liu Kang may have beat Shinnok, but he was the main character in MK4 in my eyes. Um, just God, and um, Shinnok is amazing. I love that design. I would love to see Shinnok in like an MK2. Uh, so when Razor is mentioning the Mugen, I'm thinking, oh, that'd be sick. I'd like to see that. So, well, you can you can find videos on YouTube. I definitely recommend looking that up because the sprite that they've edited the shit out of it to make it look like MKX actually looks pretty cool. Yeah, I'll check it out because I mean, I imagine it would look good. I think I'm any character. I always said like if Borai chose MK9, he would look sick. Like his animations would probably look so badass. Um, I feel the same way about Shinnok and MK2 or three. I think that would look really good and. I mean, speaking of, of roster issues, I think, <laughs> I feel like MK4 took out a lot of the waifus, which I'm like, you know, you boot the game up, and Sindel's gone, Katana's gone. The only waifu we have left, really, is Sonya, and I, I fucking hate Sonya. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tanya's Why? okay, but I don't know who this chick is. I'm, I'm, I'm cool with Tanya now, but it was a different story back then. There is that. Again, the gold fixed this somewhat. <laughs> All right, well, since we're uh, on gold, let's roll right into gold. We'll cover gold here. Um, I'll just get mine out of the way because I know it's already been kind of touched upon and covered. Uh, my favorite thing about gold is actually the opposite of what I liked about or disliked about MK4, and that I really like the roster of gold. I felt like uh, it's not just the roster. I also like the stages they put in, but just ultimately the additions that they made to gold I thought were really good. I like adding in Baraka, Cyrax, Sector, Noob Zybot, uh, Katana, Kung Lao, etc. It's like they were bringing some of the characters I really wanted to see back into the game. Like, to me, that's my favorite thing about Gold is when I, I remember way back when, when I was playing MK4, and then I first heard about, oh, MK Gold, you can play as these additional characters. Like, whoa, crap, now I gotta get my hands on MK Gold. So that's kind of how that all went about, and yeah, I, I remember the endings of, you know, Cyrax getting his humanity back, and Sector destroying everybody and all that stuff, so yeah, to me, MK Gold made the additions, made the game and the roster, and it saved the whole kind of my issues with the roster, so that's my favorite part about MK Gold, so anyways. Yeah, I mean... I, I would agree there. MK Gold, the, the roster, 
And like, cause, cause as much as I've talked up the four roster, when I think of four's roster, I'm really thinking of golds because having Katana and Cyrax in that game is really fucking important <laughs> to me. <laughs> and like, like there are still, I think if that game had Cabal and Cybersmoke, it would be the most perfect roster an MK game has ever had. Yes, I agree with that. I absolutely I could, agree with that. I could be down with that. Maybe swap out Jark for Kano, but I could be good with that. Cabal's yeah, a perfect I mean, fit for MK's four atmosphere. You you have to do something about Jarek, but <laughs> no game that has Jarek can ever be called perfect. The, the uh, thing is, every every game has at least one stinker. <laughs> you know, MK1 has Sony and Kano, MK2 has Baraka, MK3 has Striker. There's always the one guy who's less cool than literally every other guy. I like Baraka in MK2. I thought Baraka was cool. Yeah, and I it's, like it's comparatively. Baraka <laughs> is okay. But he's way less cool than literally everybody. Every box surrounding his face is a cooler guy than his. No. Oh, no, and then you actually pick Reptile, and the disappointment <laughs> of the press of the past three years sets in. It's like, oh, oh, oh. Okay. I have <laughs> no options. I disagree. I like Baraka in MK2. I played a lot of Baraka. To me, he was a lot of fun. And <laughs> honestly, I didn't start getting dis. It's not even that I dislike Baraka now. I didn't start getting bored of Baraka until now, basically, until NK9. And then I'm like, uh, yeah, we had him in almost every game since. We had him in Deception. We had him in, you know, MK versus DC. We had him in MK9. It's like, you can sit out for a couple of games. Yeah, I so, don't know. He for, got boring. For me, you know why he got for... boring? <laughs> they turned him into a fucking orc, okay? He I was like, always this... kind of an orc, man. Like... Yeah, but he was an orc with silver teeth. Yes, like, that was, was something. Baraka... Baraka, the very first time you see him, has an appeal. But for me, the bloom was off that rose in his very next appearance, which was Trilogy. Eh, he, I thought that MK4 went a bit of a way towards making him interesting again, and then they didn't tell us why they stapled I, him shut. And I, uh, Yeah, like, if, if, if there had been a story behind the staples, I think that would do, like, at least something for Baraka's character. <laughs> We all want to think it's Kung Lao that did it, but that's. Just, I also, I also, I did like, I did like his ending, where even though he dies in it, at least we see that he gives more of a shit than like the big bad. That does. Uh, <laughs> that does have one of like the best quotes of any MK character, and I am left to reign over a dead realm with a madman. That was yeah. a good line. Yeah. What's the I point of ruling a realm with no one in it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Baraka is the voice of reason. Oh, I love it. I love it. I do want to add that I do dislike Baraka, and I didn't really I didn't really like Baraka until about 2004, and even then I thought he was just okay. So I do want to get that out. Clear the air that I do not like Baraka, and I do think he was the worst character. You gotta give that guy his fucking Lee press on silver teeth back. Give him but we are, we are getting a little... We are. A little off topic. Right. So, so my my favorite thing about gold is the roster. And actually, I would like to give an honorable mention to the fact that MK4 is the first game with alternate costumes, if you don't count the four guys in Trilogy. That's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And th there were some really cool costumes in there, too. Like, <laughs> Reptile, God, yeah. Reptile looks great as, like, Scales and Ninja. Yeah, I agree. That I was that outfit. That was one of the best looks of all time for Reptile. Like, I like Reptile unique and evolving throughout the games, but 
I'm going to be the first guy to admit, I fucking picked the ninja costume in MK4 constantly. He looked oh, yeah. good. He looked really Every time. good. Absolutely. Unmasked of Zero looked really good as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Street Liu Kang, yo. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it wasn't... Liu Kang's alternate was more like... He had like a... It was like a kung fu outfit. Like, yeah. it put his hair in a ponytail, and his headband was white. And he had like... Outfit, yeah. Like one of those Chinese silk jackets, and it had Raiden's logo on the back, like the way Goku oh, yeah. wears King Kai's logo. I like that's, that. If that's the case, I have to go back and relook at that because, like, at the time I interpreted it as being just like Lou's street clothes, and he was just like looking cool. That was like Lou's club outfit. It was. It was like it was like a Bruce Lee kind of outfit. It was yeah. very like silk jacket, all, right. all black and white. Um, I'll go revisit that. Then. I like uh, noob leather jacket. I like Noob Zybot's uh, hooded one a lot as well. Oh, uh, yeah. See, I the like this fucking weird-ass weird. skull alien thing. For yeah. many, many, many years, <laughs> I consider that his, like, definitive that's-what's-under-the-mask look. Yeah. I don't anymore, bud. I like um Tanya with a gray skirt and, like, garter belts. <laughs> That was so weird one. It was It was weird because they had to change the polygon so much, but like why are like you wearing her dress looks like a palette swab of her first, of her player one costume. They just change it gray. Like then, why are you wearing pieces of a cardboard box? What's going on there? I like the idea of it though. Yeah. <laughs> and issue we do like Fujin. And we're not ignoring Fujin on purpose. We just I think the consensus is very clear. We do like Fujin though. <laughs> Everybody loves Fujin. Everybody loves Fujin. And actually, I will say MK4 Fujin is my favorite version of Fujin because I feel the character is incomplete without the laser crossbow. But I know I'm in a minority on that one. <laughs> no, I like the crossbow. Although I do like the sexy anime hair in MK Armageddon. I like the uh, mythology I, sash. I, I never, I could never... Back. Fujin with the loose strands of hair in Armageddon bugs me because he looks too much like Hotaru. Well, we could argue that Hotaro looks a little too much like Fujin. Sir. Well, yeah, mm -hmm. both both of them are wrong. <laughs> I prefer Hotaro over Fujin. I'll well, get you're, you're allowed to be wrong. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. I'll take it. I'll take it. Somebody's got to be different. <laughs> not, not on the food. I mean, I like Fujin. Don't get me wrong, but I, I he's never been like top 15 for me so he's there oh i i love i actually really really like i would have fujin replace raiden and half the game raiden's in yes uh yeah i mean i would agree now just because he's been oversaturated i mean i, I think the main like golden four in general have been oversaturated throughout the series so i'd agree to have fujin replace raiden especially at this point he better um but no i just it I think to me, it's just Fujin's Fujin. If I'm going to choose between electricity powers and wind powers, I'm going electricity all day. I'm a wind guy. Fuck off. <laughs> See, I, I, if wind comes with a laser crossbow, I'll choose wind over electricity. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, Fujin's fine. Uh, I, I do hope he makes the roster in MK11, but... It's gotten to the point where it's just been beaten to death with Fujin so much. I mean, with MKX, it was just heartbreaking to the point where it's just like, it's it leaves such a bitter taste in your mouth. It's one of those things that you just rather not talk about in general because you don't even want to waste your energy. So that's kind of where I I'm just... at with that's where I'm at with Fujin is I don't even really care to like I'm not going to be campaigning for Fujin 
going into MK11 because it's just like if he's in, then finally. But it's it's like yeah, I mean, you I, know, there's like there's all these rumors right now going around for like the upcoming seasons of Street Fighter Five that they're finally capitulating and they're going to be giving us Oro and Q for fucking free as a gesture of goodwill for all the shit they've done. I don't think that's true. I, I, don't, I know who that rumor I, comes from. I think it I is would false. like to believe it. I would, okay. If, if not the free bit, at least if he, if, if these people actually show up in a fucking season, no, I would have never seen the day coming when fucking Q came back to a game in modern times before goddamn Fujin did. There's just this incredible uh, disconnect between the, the players and the creators of people that we actually like, and they look at them and they're like, really? But why not have this guy we know you like? Then we like him too. No, go away. That's precisely why I try to get upset about Fujin. So if I get upset about Fujin, Ed Boon wins. So I just try to let it go at that Yeah, point. I just don't I care anymore. <laughs> I, just, I don't have any energy to I just give cross my him. fingers. We've proven, we, we, we've proven that we like him. There's been, there's been an outcry. I think next time they might be nice enough to let us pay for him extra. We'll see. Outside of Tremor, I feel like the more effort that's put into a character's inclusion, like from the fan standpoint, I feel like the more they resist. So it's like there's there's so much as just fighting for something too much. It almost it almost seems like another realm's case. I mean, I'm not going to bag on them because Injustice 2's roster was amazing. So let's just hope they carry that into MK11. But anyways, getting back on track, let's go back. So uh, favorite thing about MK Gold, Temp, you want to chime in here? Yes, I? definitely. I never own the game, so I don't have too much to say. But I mean, the temptation is to say the new characters, but more specifically, just diversity. I really feel like that added diversity does so much more for MK4 for me. Like, if you want to add diversity, put in women and robots. That's a great way to diversify your roster. And they did it. And that's... Honestly, I almost feel like you lose something when you add Melina and uh, Ketchup. When you add Sector and Melina in there, I almost feel like you diminish the roster because you already have such good representatives with Cyrax from MK3 and Katana from just women. Like, that's really a good way to do it. So I feel like the hitting characters actually took away from it a bit. But uh, nonetheless, though, I just, I just love... The flavors, those all the characters, even Baraka, with Baraka being redesigned, I thought that was a really smart redesign. I really think it that diversity helps the aesthetic so much for MK4. You just, so that's all I got. You just mentioned my boys there, the Dyrax and the Katana. I, I, I like them. Man, we need a game <laughs> where Sector is around and Cyrax isn't because everyone's like, "Oh, you don't need Sector. We've already got Cyrax." That man, was supposed to be MKX. God damn it! God. See, <laughs> see, here's see, Shad. Shit. If you go back Shit. through the if you go back through the episodes when we were talking about the DLC combat packs for MKX, I made that same exact case of you know what. Yep. I, yep. I I'm a Cyrax guy. I've I've made no mistake about it. You guys are into smoke. But you know what? Sector's the only one that hasn't had his due without the others around. At least Cyrex has been around in his own game. Smoke has been around in his own game. Sector is the only one that has never gotten the chance to be the only represented cyborg. And I mean, going into MK11, I hope that's not the case because obviously I still the, want Cyrax in there the, or Smoke. I, but I just, the I still maintain that Triborg basically is Sector. So I got. I feel like MK11 gave us that. Yeah. <laughs> Being, 10, I mean. being really fair, at least he got to have like his own little warship, and he basically kind of converted Japan and 
one of the mobile, well, mobile fucking handheld games. Yeah, so tournament edition he, or whatever. He he got some story, dude, but he didn't get like the chance to build up more of a fan base than the other two. Well, anyway. like, like Sector matters in Armageddon. Cyrax is in that game, but doesn't have a story. <laughs> I feel like that's so he MK9. showed kind of <laughs> just a like bit. fucking a no story. Bit. Or MKX, I mean, god damn it, don't then get me ten, started again. Then 10 comes around, well, Pierce's decapitated head. Aww. Wow. See, because Triborg, and we've we've talked about this a billion times, Triborg acts like Sector. I consider him Sector. <laughs> <laughs> I think that they yeah. just were afraid to make us pay for a character that we've been used to playing for a long time, so they renamed him at the last minute. I just think anyway. bullshit. I mean, we're I don't want to get on it, but let's let's stick so with So things it, I so. liked about gold. Yeah. So it's the resolution of dangling plot lines for me. There was a period of three years between the release of gold and Deadly Alliance's um release. And you gotta remember like, like around that time it was kind of a dark period for the MK series. You had um John Tobias fucking up and leaving. Special Forces was an unmitigated disaster. And for a little while, it just really seemed that the series was very much in doubt, and no one knew what the hell was going on with it, and fighting games were dying off. And so, for a while, I kind of looked at MK Gold as like the effective end of the series. Everyone pretty much got their happy ending, more or less. Cyrax was a human. Uh, Katana finally told Molina the truth and then threw her in jail. And I just sort of assumed that whoever, you know, was not killed by Shinnok, his servants and whatnot, just got arrested or what have you. So MK, MK Gold kind of felt to me like the closing of the chapter of, of, of this, story, this chapter of MK for a couple of years there. And I appreciate how thorough it was. It seemed that wrapping things up and putting them all together. And I was quite prepared for a, about a year and a half there to say, all right, it's been cool, MK. So that's it. Yeah, it made me really happy. It was especially the fucking Kung Lao ending with Goro, seeing him patch stuff up with Goro. That was amazing. That stuff set a precedent for the kind of for the kind of behavior that I find that we finally got out of like Scorpion Sub Zero and MK Ten. Yeah, resolution. I yeah, I have I have to say I always felt the same way too. In those in those years where before Deadly Alliance came out, we didn't know if the franchise was just over. If it had been, I would have been perfectly satisfied with four as a story ending. If that was just happy ending, everybody got some kind of resolution. I I would be I would be fine with that. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to things we hate. <laughs> All right. I'll go first. MK Gold. The thing I hate most about the game is the fact that it was only on the Sega Dreamcast. That's bullshit. <laughs> the the Dreamcast did have a controller that was just not right for fighting games. I remember and this is hilarious because it had so many great ones. <laughs> it was yeah, better right? than the PS2. God, if they had just abandoned that stupid the little screen on the memory card, the little this is a mini game, like a The only time that ever was even cool was like <laughs> it was like Power Stone was the only one I think I ever even used that thing for. I never owned a Sega Dreamcast myself. My brother did, thankfully. He chose, because we each got to basically choose our own console that, you know, each time the generation, I was usually a Nintendo type of guy. So 
I had the N64, and he ended up going with, you know, Dreamcast, so that's the only time I got to play MK Gold was because of that, and, uh, yeah, but, uh, fucking console exclusivity like that, it just pisses me off with a Mortal Kombat game, just doesn't make any sense to be on, on just MK Gold, but I guess maybe... Well, it's because that was the only system that advanced, like... Yeah. 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 Like this, I'm looking at my Dreamcast right now. It is the only reason well, I bought the Dreamcast, and I'm grateful for MK Gold for that because I got to play so much great shit because of it. Yeah. The re- the reason I stopped talking is because it would have gone into my turn, so I'm just gonna wait. <laughs> That's fine. My turn's done. It's console exclusive, and I I have feeling that I'm not the only one that feels that way. But go ahead, Razor. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so my whole thing is, uh, I actually have a question before I go in. Shad, you had the the revision with the sticker on the cover, right? The hot yes. new MK Gold. Yes. Can when that you... be the title of this episode? Hot <laughs> new. <laughs> so when you played that, did it run twice as fast as MK Four? Yes. Like, did everybody move too quickly? Yes. So they never fixed it. Okay. Because my problem with MK Gold is that, so the Dreamcast was the first console where the game industry started pushing 60 FPS, and Gold was a game that bought into that, but they didn't actually make enough frames for a game to run at 60 FPS. They just took a 30 frame per second game and made it run twice as quick. <laughs> it feels they didn't change the animations they just doubled the speed on them so the game doesn't play right (laughs) (laughs) it's just oh my god also i'll go next well i have i have an honorable mention too in that all of the returning characters like the new ones added to the gold roster katana and melina and them all of their fatalities look like garbage because they just they just took their classic fatalities, like Melina has that fucking one with the can of nails spitting them, and it's really just reusing the animation on Reiko's Shuriken's one. Yeah. But they're all they're all just really like unfinished looking and poorly animated, like gold was rushed out the door, so they did it all in fifteen minutes. <laughs> I feel like that's half the games, especially three like, area. But you know, Baraka <laughs> does his one from MK two where he stabs him through the gut and lifts him with both arms. His blades are clearly in the guy's armpits. Like, they're not clipping through the torso like they should. They're on the sides. <laughs> it looks like he's giving them a hug. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shad, go for it. It is so cheap, okay? Even the <laughs> fixed version of the game is cheap. I'm on the MK Wiki, and I'm going to read you some shit. All right? <laughs> All right. Cyrax, Melina, and Kung Lao do not appear in demo mode. (laughs) Although MK Gold brought back several new characters, they were largely made up of moves, poses, and fatalities from existing ones. (laughs) Yep. While Melina got a new design, Baraka's was based off Reptile's MK4 design. That's true, he's wearing Reptile's pants. He's got the uh, the robot diaper. (laughs) Oh shit, I didn't know that. Yeah. Cyrax, Sector, and Kung Lao just reused their design straight from MK3. The weapons used by these new characters are recent versions of existing weapons from MK4. 
And Sector's Ooh. compactor fatality reuses the sprites featured in the same fatality from MK3, poorly mixing two-dimensional sprites and three-dimensional models. <laughs> I don't remember if you, if you saw Ooh. how shit this thing looks, but it's true. It really That's, is. That is true. Um, we never did talk about the weapons mechanic in MK4 and Gold. The fact that they came up with this entire, like, second fighting style for everybody that they were so proud of. But if you get, like... Hit once oh, and knock down that weapon, and you'll never pick it back up. <laughs> it's fun to fuck around with it, but it's also deeply flawed, so it doesn't make our best. And the thing is, like the AI, the AI is programmed to lose its mind and hate you if you pull out your weapon. Like it really does. Yes, you drop your weapon becomes prime directive. <laughs> <laughs> like whenever you do that, it will charge at you, guaranteed. Or if you, land a, if you land a good knockdown combo, the first thing he does is get up and go, ah, while running at you. Swear to fucking God. <laughs> swear to fu I'm not done, actually. I'm still not done. <laughs> it is so cheap, okay? You, you say, like, ugh, Jesus, BC, you mentioned before you liked the Soul Chamber in that game, but have you looked at it in 15 years? It looks oh, like man. shit. It looks like shit. It looks worse than the MK4 stages. There's the Soul Chamber was you can, not you well can, done. So is the Nether Realm. So is the Nether Realm stage. And well, I, I kind of liked the Nether Realm stage because what they did was they made it Shinnok's throne room, and then out the windows you can see UMK3 Scorpion's lair. The whole game just reeks of reused assets. In addition to all the hot new garbage that they kind of fixed but sort of didn't, if you pick Noob Saibots at one of his outfits, odds are good the game's still going to fucking crash. <laughs> the game was a launch title for the Dreamcast, and it was one of the fucking worst ones. It was an embarrassment, and with good reason. I have it for completion purposes, but I did not play it anywhere near as long as I did MK4. It was not the ultimate. It was not the ultimate MK4 they wanted it to be. It was a cheap, rushed-out POS with a couple of redeeming qualities. Sad to say. I wish Midway had let them put in Belloc. <laughs> Yeah, that might have spiced things up a little bit. But I like that there's still, like, you know, when you um, change the costume, the portrait on the select screen flips, and if there's a hidden character, then there's a question mark when the box flips. Yeah, like, that was you, cool. you know, you have to pick Reiko under a certain code to get Noob Saibot. There's a question mark behind Tanya, but no character there. So I wonder if that was where Belloc was going to be. <laughs> and they still didn't give Noob a fucking ending in gold. That's fucking true. Noob Cybot doesn't have an ending. Or and Goro. his second finisher is Sub-Zero's Deep Freeze. <laughs> Piece of shit. No, wait, his his first finisher, is it is it the Shurikens or is it Reiko's he kick? He, he has the Shurikens and he has the Freeze. Mm. Wait, I think. Huh, if he had the Freeze, I wonder if that was their first hints towards him being the other no, no even though i know that they, wasn't something they planned they asked, <laughs> no they had no plan but they but asked, Vogel does tell a story that he got the idea to make new bb han from a fan so maybe the fan got the idea from that finisher I he was asked about that. it and he, and he said it was coincidental like they presented him with like that fact and it was that plus uh the whole fucking umk3 mass sub zero's identity being yeah. written down on a piece of paper and a diner napkin and like <laughs> they just 
Vogel just like took all these pieces that fans presented him with and ran with it. I'm pretty Rabbit. sure I remember that post way, way long ago on mk5.org yeah, or MKO or whatever, where some and they it was. Too. Yeah, the the I remember that post being like super popular and it had a ton of posts and ton of pages of somebody think like coming up with that theory that you know noob is classic sub or whatever, and then. I'm guessing that's where they got it from. That makes sense. I mean, I mean, it is really, really good that they ran with it because it does tie things together so nicely in so many different ways. Yeah. It's the best. It, it, it really is this convergence of coincidences. <laughs> it's the best example of fan and made flesh. It really worked well. Sure. All right, temp. Um, the worst thing about MK Gold. Yeah. Uh, I never bought it, so if I had to pick the worst thing about it, it's that it wasn't as good as Soul Calibur. Because really, the Dreamcast is probably the best fighting game console. Not I can't say ever made because the game is more balanced and there wasn't really good controllers for it, but my god, there were so many good games. That, is, that probably is my favorite console of all time. I love the Dreamcast. But there was no reason to play MK Gold when it came out. I had Marvel vs. Capcom, I had Soul Calibur, and I had King of Fighters, so why the fuck would I play... MK that was it. I bought, I bought yeah. this thing because of MK Gold, and I played it for everything else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I wasn't as good as Soul Calibur. Sung Mina wasn't in it. That's my biggest problem with MK Gold. <laughs> so yeah, that's the game might as well not even exist to me. Remember to have just one waifu, Temp. Too many waifu will destroy. Man, I got a waifu army. Too All many right. waifu will ruin your life. Who? <laughs> let's stab uh, with the knifeu. It only takes one. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to Deadly Alliance. So we'll tackle Deadly Alliance here, and I'll start us off with Deadly Alliance. My favorite thing about Deadly Alliance is the mystique around it. For the first time in years, I felt like there was truly that mystique again in Mortal Kombat to the point where. I remember, I mean, I was jumping between the mystique and just the hype leading up to the game. I mean, Deadly Alliance, obviously, is where I first joined the MK community. It was in 2000 to 2001 where I first started going to MK5.org, which obviously became Mortal Kombat Online over time. But I remember back in the gamers, you know, boards, and it's like, that's leading up to Deadly Alliance was when I first kind of really went all in on Mortal Kombat. I've been playing it since I've been three years old in 1993, but it wasn't until leading up to Deadly Alliance to where I just, like, became obsessed with the series. And that was, you know, for me, every day at school and everything, I would just be online. I, rem I had NK5.org as my, you know, homepage for, like, yep. 12 years straight, you know? So it's like, it just, it was obsession with that, that started with the lead-up to Deadly Alliance. So it had a huge hype factor, huge marketing factor for me. But overall, what brought, what my favorite thing is about that game, above all the other good things about it, is the mystique. I remember thinking about the acid bath stage and thinking, oh, how do you do the stage fatality? I remember so much you know, speculation online of people thinking that because there's concept art in the crypt, that there must be a stage fatality on that stage or in the Wuxi Academy or whatever, Wushu Academy where you can potentially knock somebody off of the platform or so many like mystique things like that um, in the Kuton Palace or whatever the hell that's called where the lava is surrounding them. You could knock somebody off into that. Like there was so much of that, like stage fatalities. Are they in the game or not? 
Um, so many of the people, cool aspects people were of desperate the... to believe. <laughs> yeah, and yep. I remember the the down in the tomb where like all the Dragon King's army was and stuff, where they had the different um, the different like uh, coffins or whatever that you could knock people through. Like you could knock your opponent through, and they thought of oh, if we destroy all these, then something ma- you know something crazy or the you know the fight nights that the fight night chats that they used to have where you know people thought okay the crypts must there must still be something secret there i remember the damn uh the the main menu of the game remember there's like a hallway that there's like an extra hallway that people thought oh there's got to be something down that hallway there's got to be a way to go down that hallway or if you buy everything in the crypt in a specific order that it unlocks like a secret room of the crypt where there's more crypt like every every one of us probably remember (laughs) all these random bullshit rumors that were on the board, and it's like there was so much mystique because I it was swear still... to God, guys, Noob Cybot was running around the. I I I I, I saw him. If, if if you just go to like the yeah. the, the the WT row and just go <laughs> all the way off to the right, yes, yes, and stop two before the end, then up, yeah, so much. It or was like, yeah, if you bought him, like the last great era of unbelievable bullshit rumors. Yeah, like if you bought <laughs> if you bought the the crypt in a certain order, like N O and then U B or O B or whatever, it would like unlock. Oh god! Like there's yes. so many of those like random rumors and speculation. It was so much fun because it was it was at a time at the internet where you had all the communication and the hype of the internet, like all the good parts of the internet, without all the. Basically, no one was mining data. Yeah, shit. exactly. To where it wasn't to the point where people just could just, you know, get everything out of the game before it was even released. So, like, it was still a time where people were really high in speculation. And that's my favorite thing about these games. My favorite games, my favorite thing about the game isn't even playing the damn game. My favorite part, my favorite time in the game cycle is leading up to the game and all the speculation we all have together and on the forums back in the day is of what character is going to be revealed next and who's going to be on the roster and what fatality are they going to have or what their special moves are going to look like or what the story is about or what stages are going to be in, you know, what's going to happen. Like to me, that is the most fun aspect of the game and deadly Alliance to me has the most special place in my heart because that's where it really truly like made me become, it took me from being a fan of the series to like, you know, the fanboy of the series to where it was just obsession because of that mystique it really did have left. I mean, they still said, I, I still remember the Netherrealm guys saying that there's still secrets out there that people haven't uncovered. Obviously, they're probably full of shit at this point, but <laughs> yeah, but yeah I mean, I still remember the that. Game. Yeah, I still remember that, and there's just so much of that mystique in that game of people thinking that there's so many hidden unlockables and things relating to conquest the little you know combos you had to do and i don't there's just so much with the story and everything so that's kind of where i was coming from and honorable mention would be to the opening video and having Liu kang die was really impactful i thought that was cool. oh my along god with that the, was the uh, ballsiest thing along with the music it video was just, and all that shit it was just not done yeah so anyways that's my fun little hype rant about deadly alliance to me it just that mystique it's to me i miss it so much now i feel like the games are all about the tournament play like they are so focused i mean don't get me wrong i like the tournament play but now they are just 100 percent all about tournament play that that mystique doesn't even really have a place anymore because you have to have all the characters there at the beginning or whatever what have you you just it's just not the same anymore now it's all about you know being tournament ready and tournament viable 
that I feel like a lot of that mystique, and it's also, a, it's not necessarily the tournament's fault 100%. I would say 80% of the fault goes into the internet just killing all of that these days. It's just, there's no room for that anymore. You're, you're data mining the game before it even has, like, weeks <coughs> out before release, so. But yeah. It is well, the saltiest part about that is MKX was supposed to be tournament-friendly in terms of the roster. And they said, don't worry, we're only going to lock away one character. And that fucking character was Shinnok. So I was like, oh my god. So <laughs> no one was really happy at the end of the day. So, yeah. Um, they just can't win. Honestly, they should just... They should just have fucking arrangements with the people who know that they fight competitively and just send them tournament exclusive editions and let the rest of us have our fucking fun. Well, I, even I know the that I sounds so entitled. That's me. I, I remember when you get fucking tournament editions of specific cartridges at fucking Blockbuster. Okay, there was like th there was a Clay Fighter tournament edition that you could only get at Blockbuster. It was not sold into retail. Are you telling me we can't do something like that these days for these players to have them make arrangements with the company? If you're gonna sponsor I don't them, necessarily think we're a minority though. I think, I think, I think there should be hidden things. I don't think. Well, I... two thousand people are going to Evo, and that's it. But it's not even back then. Even the Deadly Alliance days, I'm like, I know who the character is. Just let me play as him. Don't make me do random shit. Just let me play as Noob Smoke, okay? Uh, well, you're not I... gonna trick me. I know who's behind that icon. Yeah, that's why DLC has sort of replaced the hidden character, because it's it's the same principle. It's like here's your starting roster, and then here's bonus shit, but you have to wait for the bonus shit in physical time as opposed to in unlocking them. I'm gonna. I would. Off. Well, I mean, Shad, I'm with you on this. I I still. Temp, you say that tournament players aren't the minority. I, I still think it is because I mean, you you figure how many people buy Mortal Kombat or Injustice? I mean. They sell just, million, you know, I mean, they sell millions of copies. It's not millions of people turning in, tuning in, not even going to Evo, but just tuning into the streams. I mean, see, the casual audience is way, 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 way more. I would still say it's like a 70, 30 percent in, okay, honestly, in favor I of think, the casuals. Well, that wasn't my thesis, though. My thesis was that people don't like unlocking things when they already know what the content is. That was my thesis. Like, yeah, I mean, that's where the internet aspect is that I said is the majority of the I think issue. that there's actually a really easy way to fix this. Because, like, I mean, you can put whatever the fuck you want up on the PlayStation Network store or the Xbox store, and you can make it free if you want to. Okay, why man, not? Be done with that. Why not just, like, put a fucking unlock all characters key up on there for free for the first day for the people who don't want to fucking spend the time? And for those of us want to explore the mystique and do the necessary shit and feel like we're really earning someone then just leave it be you know uh, it's but... not that difficult it can be done and just selectively name your files and your trophies i out of anyone they had to have learned shit from the whole cyber sub and quan chi being leaked before release thing that happened with mk9 there was none of that with mk10 so i think that they are learning it still doesn't I really solve the issue though because i mean I don't know, like, when a good... The rest of us would have to stay off the internet, but I mean... Yeah, but, that's... yeah, I guess, yeah. yeah. Go going in dark is a thing that a lot of people do nowadays, and it was it's like threats for games, it's like, okay, guys, I'll see you in, like, five months after the game's done. I agree with you, that's possible, but then you lose the aspect of talking with your friends and being like... I mean, you're, you're asking a, a big portion to just stay off the internet to be able to have that same kind of... Because, I mean, part of the it's, fun is talking with other people and be also, like, oh, I bet, I bet you could do this to make this happen. 
you lose. Also, that we could not benefit from that because we have to cover the game. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. true. Yeah. But yeah. Man, Anyways, we do. You do that. It's another. It's another discussion for another day. I. I would like to have that discussion in more detail. All right. About the things loss we liked of the about Mystique. Deadly Alliance. But yeah, go ahead. It is so fucking hard to pick a single thing that I love about Deadly Alliance. I know it sucks. Because there's just, <laughs> it was just, I mean, how do you do what I said before? Like, wrap things up in a satisfying way and then come back and hit us with this whole new mystery after losing your main writer. No offense to John, but like, Tobias knew his fucking shit and it felt like such a natural evolution of where, the, of where these characters were, where they were going and oh my god like all the redesigns were good i have i have so much trouble picking out a single favorite thing about deadly alliance because jesus they did so much right i still want the house of picard to come back as a stage the state the new stages were freaking amazing yeah definitely oh christ just the the genius idea of having shang Tsung and quan chi two powerful sorcerers who serve basically the same purpose to their respective bosses team up and do shit for themselves yeah as a tag team boss everything the concept art, I it's hard to pick a favorite thing about Deadly Alliance. It really is, but I'm gonna say shit, man. Maybe just the art direction in general. That covers absolutely everything. Stages, characters, environments, the way Kong oh, yeah. was, was I would I would uh, say one of the reasons that the 3D era is so much you know, you, you have people who say MK9 and X is their favorite game, and those guys are probably the majority right now, but I I don't like the costume design. <laughs> In the modern era, well, I think Deadly happened. Alliance was when it peaked. I think I think Deception took a bit of a step backward because you got guys like Dairu and you look at his fucking leather vest thing and it's like, what are all these buckles? They don't even form shapes that make sense. It's like it's like the zigzags on the flash in the new 52. Who comes up with this shit? Also, <laughs> I kick little pinwheel projectiles out of my foot and I move backward to slam yeah. them around. Chocolate yeah, but like Pure costume design, Deadly Alliance, best in the series. Definitely. Defo. Okay, Razor? My, so my favorite thing about Deadly <laughs> Alliance is the story. Okay, I think I said, okay, go on, yes, continue. <laughs> okay, so it's not, just, it's not just the story, it's the way in which the story was delivered. Every character's training mode had lore. The crypt lets you unlock more lore. <laughs> yep. They don't do that anymore, and it drives me crazy. I don't care about these fucking... Like, I can get the concept art off the internet. Just give me fucking stuff to read. <laughs> I was so good about tying up so many loose ends and showing us why Motar wasn't around. Oh, hey, he's fucking dead. So Shiva. Yeah. And yeah, the, it's not just lore from the game you're playing. It's lore from MK3. <laughs> Seriously. Fucking amazing. God, is that my favorite thing or is the art direction? I don't know. There, MKX don't know. has a gap of 20 years where you don't know what happened. They couldn't have put some of that in the crypt as, like, stuff to read? People love that. Like, Dark Souls, that's the entire game. The game doesn't have a story, but every item has lore to read, so you can figure it out yourself. <laughs> 
Hey, appreciate the MKX crypt, because when we get to the MK11 crypt, it's just going to be primarily microtransactions. <laughs> that's Don't make that's the sad truth. That's the sad, sad truth. Can we, can we not talk about the future? The oh, dark God. future with the Terminators? <laughs> you got to get a card to potentially open up a, a chest. Anyways, go ahead. Temp, your favorite thing about Deadly Alliance? Uh, well, just to clarify, the reason I was laughing earlier is because Razor, Razor said something along the lines of, Deadly Alliance had the best costumes in Mortal Kombat history. And then you said, Razor, what's your favorite thing in Deadly Alliance? And I still thought <laughs> yeah. he was going to say the exact same thing <laughs> in the exact same tone. I could have. <laughs> so my number one favorite thing about Deadly Alliance is it has the best costume designs in fucking Mortal Kombat history. Um, oh, God. So at least, I mean, it's hard to say if my favorite designs are in that game, but my God, is it the most consistent. Fucking both of Sub-Zero's costumes are amazing. Both of Raiden's costumes are amazing. Sonya sucks. Both of Katana's costumes are fucking amazing. <laughs> no, I, like, I there's really so like, many like, good ones. Dress, army dress Katana, like she, or uh, Sonya, where she's going to a fucking, like a c- ceremony or some shit. She's got the full jacket and pants. It's weird. I, I, I like I, it. I, like I don't. I don't dig. I don't. I, I just. I, mean, I have a bias against Sonya anyway. But yeah, just <laughs> Kung Lao. Oh my God! Primary costume Kung Lao is so fucking tight. Just oh my God! This, this, I did. I did really appreciate them going like left field with Kung Lao, where he has one with the hats on his back instead of on his head. That was That's really fresh. cool. I love that. I didn't have to like look at them like anymore. It's just. Uh, I, 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 I don't know what it was. It was so weird to see Kung Lao with his hat off. I'm like, this seems revolutionary to me. I don't know why. It's the simplest detail. Motherfucker's got eyes. It's kind of awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's also very fitting given his story. Like, that turnaround really matches what's going on in his life right now. And, um, yeah, I don't, I, like I said, I don't know if these are my favorite costumes in the series, but coming from MK4 slash Gold... And going into this, like, I was already happy with MK4 because Scorpion and Sub-Zero were not palette swaps. Even though I don't like the MK4 reptile design, I appreciate that it's different, that it's not just a, you know, a visual duplicate of everyone else. So I'm like, hey, this is cool, MK4. And then Deadly Alliance hits sevenfold, and it looks so good. Like, and like I said, it's so consistent. Everyone looks so good. Like, the the revamp of Sub-Zero's MK3 Hasselhoff costume looks so <laughs> fucking good and I, my favorite thing is that it doesn't have a beard it's oh god like i see i i think what x does best when it does costumes don't say beards is the, one, is the ones it takes from deadly alliance like oh, okay <laughs> but but here's the thing i actually <laughs> think the beard is an improvement on it like i think I, I every just... single time that costume has come back it has gotten better <laughs> Remember, the only reason Hot Ryu exists is because Sub-Zero showed us that it was okay to have a daddy. <laughs> only reason. Well, the other thing is, like, Deadly Alliance Sub-Zero, like, and this is actually the, a weird thing where MK, MKX did not acknowledge the fact that the Grandmaster Medallion is supposed to, like, artificially age him up. Because cause Deadly Alliance Sub-Zero is ten years younger than MKX Sub-Zero. But he looks like a grandpa, like his hair's receding and he's all wrinkly. Yeah. Yeah, that medallion was rough. But it looks good, though. It looks good. He looks kind of like, I'm trying to think of an exact, like, Jack Palance, maybe? (laughs) Yeah, a little bit of that. That's nice. Jack Palance is a good choice. 
yeah, I mean, he's a good actor, but it's weird for Sub-Zero to suddenly be that old. <laughs> yeah, I just... Uh, also, like, the, the costumes are also are double important because I feel like this game made up for the lack of interesting females in MK4. And this game has a fantastic female representation overall. I think it works really well. So. Oh yeah, yeah. They did. They did introduce Lee May. Oh yes. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure that forgotten. I'm sure that just was forgotten upon you. Uh, oh no, no. I, I, I rather like N- Nitara. <laughs> oh god, can we not? All right. So we'll go to least favorite things about Deadly Alliance. Uh, for me. This is the thing that I was always disappointed by in the game, and it's the overall fatality representation. One, you only get one fatality per person, and two, there's no additional alities. There's no stage fatalities, There's no, which was a shame because there were so many good stages in that game that I thought it just lended, they lended themselves to stage fatalities. The Acid Bath, the Wushu Academy, the Kutan Palace or whatever, all of those... They just had just just clear stage fatalities that it just made sense for them to be there, but they, they don't. They're just not there. Quan Chi's palace with the lasers and stuff. There are so many areas where it's like it just it makes is, sense. It is weird. They've had the Wuxi Palace, the Wuxi Academy back in several games since, and you still can't knock the guy into the pit. <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah, that's a shame. We haven't really gotten like a new pit, obviously in forever. But anyways, that's another thing. But. Just overall, the fatality, the fatality or lack thereof, I didn't like that each character only had one, got really repetitive fast, (laughs) as they usually do anyways, and then no brutalities, no friendships, no stage fatalities, none of that. There was just one fatality, and that's it. To me, that was the most disappointing part about the game. We are are due for a new pit. What what I would do... I was offended offended when MK4 came along, and I was like, Where's the pit four? There's no pit four. What are you doing? <laughs> well, it's it's hard to come. Up, it's hard to create a pit in three D. Yeah, that, that, that is the problem. But like I now just... that we're back to two D, if if there were to be a new pit, what I would do is I would have it be like you fall multiple tiers, like the uh, the bell tower at MK three. Except on each tier, there's a different kind of spike or buzzsaw or thing to bounce off of. <laughs> that can be tight, yeah. Or before so you it just land, gets progressively worse as you fall. <laughs> or before you hit the spike, somebody just rubs AIDS on them really quickly. They just run in, <laughs> rub some of that on yeah, there, no, and the then runs out. <laughs> it, it's it's just like this, like one. It's off. just the pit one, but all the spikes from uh, from nine have been replaced with hypodermic needles. Yeah, oh God. <laughs> I was gonna I'm say that. like off this off like brown yellowish ninja with like a tub full of crystal oh, all over it that he just puts his fist into wipes down then he just runs off making the MP3 ninja noises <laughs> so the thing I like the least about Deadly Alliance and I'm alone on this and you guys were talking about the cinematic fatalities of MK4 earlier MK Deadly Alliance was truly to me the start of fatalities are becoming this long, drawn-out, protracted affair where you sell tickets, <laughs> your six relatives come to take a seat, Yes, and there then you start having an interpretive dance. It and is, then after the interpretive like... dance, everyone offers their fucking critique. Why the fuck does it take you 15 seconds to kill the man? 
I, I just I, I can't fucking stand shit like that. It works if the character is a sadist and likes to draw the things out. There is no reason that Scorpion and oh, this is a dead, this is a deception example. There is no reason that Scorpion should be spearing your leg off, spearing your arm off, strutting up to your hopping body. And snapping your neck after considering you for a second. Fuck no, that shit. Scorpion would do that so, because Scorpion's no. an angry man who wants to drag out his revenge. I, just... I think the silliest one to me is Kung Lao. <laughs> dead instantly. He just throws the hat in their brain and it's over. But the rest of the fatality is him slowly strolling over to pick the hat back up. I can at least give that one a quick. Doesn't like, he kick them in the death. chest, stomp them in the it, chest, and have it, it pop it's up? It's way too long to it's kick the body leg. and get his hat back. It's their fucking leg. He kicks the leg, and the hat <laughs> flips up. Into... Everyone knows well, yeah, actual just... physics. You gotta hit him in the stomach. <laughs> That's the only uh, way. Just take a little bit less fucking time to kill a man. Just make it a death blow or a stylish death blow. Freeze the guy, then uppercut him if you got. But holy fuck, don't. Don't try it out like that. That that, that was really my only like big major beef. I couldn't stand that shit. But there there are there are some like how does it take way too fucking long? The the difference to me is is there something happening on the screen or is the guy just doing like a funny neo pose? <laughs> like or the, a the, slow walk. <laughs> the ideal balance for me in making a fatality a spectacle and having it take a bit of time is like Ermac pulling out all of your guts in your mouth in MK10. Because he's still fully twisted at this point. It is a <laughs> gross fucking display. It is sadistic, which suits the character. And it's mesmerizing. That's when it works. Liu Kang shouldn't be doing shit like that. Liu Kang should be flipping you and punching you and that's it. It's a fucking death blow. But anyway, <laughs> that's it. That's all I gotta say. I mean, Liu Kang's have remained historically quick. <laughs> and I have no complaints about that. I'm just shitting out a general is, example here. He is merciful. <laughs> Makes it fast. Next. Uh, so my least favorite thing about Deadly Alliance is... It's... <clears throat> I'm, tr I'm trying to think how to word it. It's okay, we're here for you. Actually, you know what? Go to temp. Go to temp. <laughs> All right, I got this. There's so little. What's that? There's so little to choose from. It was such a yeah, right. Movie. That's the problem. <laughs> um, I'm going to say the weapon system. I, I I don't mind stances. I think stances are kind of smart because the idea of where you can completely change your your normals and your chain combos based on a matchup is kind of cool. It, it really. I think, in a way, it indirectly balances the game, but when you go into the weapon stance, you really limit your combo damage, and you, you add a lot of startup to a lot of basic moves, so there was really no incentive to use it, it and I feel like you're hurting yourself by using that stance. Um, maybe, perhaps, it's matchup dependent, but that game was never fleshed out. No one really knows the optimal way to play Deadly Alliance beyond infinites and just very weird, awkward mid-range fuzzies. Uh, in pokes. That game is so weird. Um, there really aren't... It's not really bread and butter driven combat. If you watch High Level Deadly Alliance, it's mostly like weird like Scorpion normals and Boraicho like poking with the... St I don't know. The game is weird. So the weapon stance was just horribly unrealized. 
which mm. is a shame because I thought it could have been really cool. I do, I do like how broken as fuck it is if you stab them and then just leave it there and then they slowly bleed for the rest of the round. Oh, the embedded? <laughs> oh, yes, that was tight. That, that was it, broken. It off, though. Though. I mean, that's... He's just... Oh, God, it's a lot of work and... I don't know. I mean, just, I I mean say say if, if they block it, you don't lose the sword. You can try again until they fail. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, like, the mantra of all three uh, 3D era Mortal Kombat is everything's unsafe. Everything is super negative. So you don't really want to do anything. And it's like, it's like they went back to the shitty MK1 philosophy of gameplay. I'm like, why would you do I don't know. There's no dash. There is a lot of MK1 feel to Deadly Alliance. And I don't like, know why. All across the board. It it's in places where I really like it. Like the stages remind me a lot of Shang's Island and stuff like that. But and the, the single fatalities feel like MK1. There's a lot of MK1 feel. The music too, a lot, but but I do think in terms of gameplay, that's a mistake. Yeah. Well I I think I don't even think it was intentional. I feel like they midway said there's you don't have time to animate dashes okay just make a fighting game fly like, i think that's what happened that now, here's, here's what i think this is this is actually is my what i was gonna say my thing is that the worst thing about deadly alliance is that they decided to scrap the feel of mortal Kombat and try to make a game that felt like tekken and soul caliber okay yeah yeah, yeah. and and, like, that goes, like, way down deep. Like, you took away all of Raiden's moves except the fireball and gave him a shoulder dash. The guy had four moves, and now he has two. <laughs> a lot of them only had, see. like, two specials. It was really weird. I couldn't... I can't shit on them too much for the broken system as it was in Deadly Alliance because I figured, you know what? They'll fix things next time. And, like, we'll get to that when we get to Deception, but... That becomes more and more of a problem the further we get into the 3D games as to how bad it feels. Yeah. But it's, like, I really I really trace it all back to them, like, trying to emulate fucking Namco and, like, make a, make a, a 3D fighter that's very heavy on real-world martial arts and takes away all the fucking magic special moves. Like, when I, when I play Sub-Zero... I don't want to be just stuck with the freeze and the cold shoulder. I want... Where's my slide? Where's my puddle? Where's my ice clone, man? I want my special moves. The That's what I play and play for. The Raiden shoulder dash was fucking weird. And you can't combo in and out of them? Like, that was the best thing about 9, really, was that you could finally combo in and out of your special moves after all these fucking 3D era games. I am told you can do that in MK4. Is that true? That you there were cancels, special cancels in MK4? Yeah, I don't remember that, but someone said that was the case. You can, so, but maybe no. You you, you 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 can absolutely like go high punch, high punch, high kick, freeze, then we extend the combo with Sub Zero. You can do this. I never. Well, I, I didn't know anything at least. Yeah. Well, going back to the Deadly Alliance thing, um, remind me, could Kitana throw the fan? Yeah, if you threw only only when you throw your weapons, that's the only time you. Well, yeah, yeah. If you if you threw the fan, you lost your weapon style. (laughs) You could only do it once. (laughs) It felt like a small slice of legitimacy, and it pissed me off. (sighs) I suppose that's a bit of a nitpick, but well, I still enjoyed it. That's Deadly Alliance, and. 
Perhaps we should end it there for now. Like I said, this Must be... we? Because I really want to cover Deception. Okay. <laughs> we can go along with the new Deception. I, I don't, I don't, actually, you know what? No, no. Maybe we should. Yeah. Deception's no. a lot of ground. Like, the more I think about Deception actually has a lot more ground to cover than Deadly Alliance does. I agree. I'm actually there is there, there is actually a lot that we could talk about for Deception. Yeah, and we still got user, user questions punch. and bring anybody on that wants to talk. So yes. I wanted to leave time for that. So we'll All pick right. up with All Deception. Right. Then we got Armageddon, MK vs. DC, 9 and X left. So we'll do the five remaining next time. This is um, going to be a four-parter, guaranteed. Yeah, it's possible. It's certainly possible. <laughs> um, all right. Well, anyways, well, let's go straight into user questions here. What we have, we got a little bit of backlog from the last time we were going to record a couple weeks ago. So some of these might be a little outdated, but I want to knock them out regardless. So first of all, we got Shad asking, why is that Shad such a handsome devil? Where did he come by his graceful good looks? Shad, do you want to address this? <laughs> I... <laughs> I sold a truckload of orphans to the devil, and I harvested orphan hearts for him. All right. And then he undid all the damage. I suffered that accident. Okay. All right. Well, that sounds like as good of an answer as any, so we'll go ahead and get... I feel like he might have missed a couple spots. (laughs) We'll go ahead and uh, get rid of... sad now. Get rid of that question. Move on here to uh, Liam. Uh, Mr. Liam from the Facebook group here, he asks, sorry he's at work, but would love to hear what you guys think about EA's total cave-in on microtransactions for Battlefront 2. Good. Good. It is a placating gesture. It is a pure PR move, and people will whine and cry when they put them back because they've already said it was going to be temporary. EA are shit. EA are the worst company on the face of the earth, at least when it comes to video games. If EA... We're a video game villain. They would be the Umbrella Corporation. They're going to keep fucking with those zombies. Don't give EA money. They are they, bad people. They Stop. will continue to believe that the best way to make money is to turn themselves into tentacle monsters. When they fuck up, they do the easy thing and they fix the fuck up. But the difference is, unlike Disney, they're secretly killing people behind the scenes for their fuck-ups. Disney will do it because Disney give a shit about their reputation and are good people. EA do it to seem like they're not the devil, but they are! (laughs) Don't give EA money. What are you doing? It's time to stop. Yeah, fucking microtransactions. I mean, it's just getting worse and worse and worse. It's, It's so ridiculous i mean it started you know years ago and there's certain games that have done it okay mortal Kombat and injustice did microtransactions very non like non in a way that just didn't seem like it affected the game that much but it's getting worse and worse and i feel like we're going down a bad direction so overall the whole thing with ea and battlefront 2 i hope that's kind of like a step like it, it's it's a start of something like we're, we're veering from the path i'm hoping that we're gonna start to well turn around starting, a bit on this stuff we're starting to see foreign countries uh label loot boxes as uh illegal gambling Fuck yeah, <laughs> and they should hungry. be and they should be because that it's ridiculous how much people get into those and they really do buy i mean there's a lot of games that just do... I mean, take uh, Overwatch, for example. I mean, I've always praised that Overwatch gives you the DLC for free. They always give you, like, the characters and the stages for free. 
But then any of the outfits, you gotta... I mean, you can earn them in-game if you just grind that shit out forever, but it's all a random chance from the loot boxes. And the holiday stuff, you only have a specific amount of time to actually acquire it, so therefore, you are very enticed to start spending money. You, you drop 20 bucks to get random items that you're not even guaranteed to get what you want. I've always said that is a very poor system. Overwatch got sort of a pass because they do give you the other stuff for free at least. So it's like at least they're doing that so they get kind of, you know, a nice pro with it. But it's still a dirty tactic because you're not even guaranteed. It's like we talked about last time. You want to just be able to pay for the things you want. You don't want it all to be random chance. So thank God I'm hoping... This Battlefront 2 stuff is the start of a revolt around, you know, gaming companies realizing that we're not going to just lie down and take it. I'm hoping that's the case. I'm hoping it really goes the other direction. The end result of all this is probably going to be $100 games. But you know what? That's not so bad as it's made out to be, because I very clearly remember paying 80 bucks for a goddamn SNES cartridge. Games were never cheap, ever. I'll pay it. I'll pay. I'll gladly pay a hundred dollars for the games that I really, really want that I know I'll get the time out of. So that's perfectly fine. I'd rather pay it up front and be able to get all the things in the game itself without having to jump through those hoops or be enticed by gambling. So I, I don't buy into that. I don't buy loot boxes for that very reason. I think the only time I've ever spent money was on Rocket League. I paid ten dollars and didn't even get a single damn thing I wanted from the stupid random crates. And at that point, I learned my lesson. So. Anyways, moving on from, yeah, that, that shitty whole scenario. Um, moving on to Mr. C's, uh, Mr. C95. Uh, Fighter Pack 3, final thoughts? Happy, annoyed, or just ready for the MK11 train? So, uh, Razor, Shad, you guys, Temp and I kind of got our thoughts out on the Ninja Turtles. You guys want to chime in? Uh, honestly, the Ninja Turtles are proving to be the only DLC character I really care about in Injustice. So, good job on that. <laughs> okay. On the one hand, it does make a cool kind of sense to actually have one group of superheroes fighting another group of superheroes. On the other hand, I can't believe I'm living in an era where the fucking Ninja Turtles are guest characters in a fighting game with a bunch of DC superheroes, which, which also guest stars a dude from Mortal Kombat, Meanwhile, over in the Tekken corner, Geese Howard is giving Akuma a handjob while Noctis faps over it, and I'm just so very tired of all the fucking homogenization and cross-company interplay, and I don't give a shit. Put me on the 315 train, because it's combat time. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Well, Fuck all Here's of the it. thing. Here's the thing for me. DLC doesn't matter to me because it's not going to appear in story mode. Yeah, so you I can know, do, but... like the roster the game ships with is the roster. So if if they had sold me nine crossover characters, if they were really cool crossover characters, I'd be like, sure, why the fuck not? I, I feel different I I feel differently when it's Mortal Kombat because they have demonstrated the ability with Tanya to have DLC and story mode not be two separate things. I just, I can't believe that I live in a world where the whole notion of 
a self-contained fighting game with no outside influences or guest spots is not even really a thing anymore. That's just me showing my age and my bitterness. I'm aware of that fact. I mean, I get I get where you're coming from. You want you want to when you look at the select screen see something. I don't I don't your... want to think about that shit. If if, but... if, 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 if if it makes me a purist, then so be it. But I'm just so tired of it. I'm just so tired of it. You, you show me that shit and all I see is a commercial. For the Ninja Turtles, I'm less upset, but I'm just... I'm ready to move on from Injustice in general. Yeah, I mean, I get that too. I am as well. But I just... DLC isn't part of the game to me. It's just fan service. So whether the fan service is another apple in an orchard of apples, or if it's you threw in a banana, I'm like, hey, I like fruit, whatever. <laughs> Free fruit. <laughs> I get, I've, I've said it before, I get why they do it. It makes them the money. You got to make them dollar bills, y'all, but that doesn't mean I have to like it. That's all I'll say. It's just, it's just, again, DLC I, I is do hope... fan service, so it's like, this is what pleases the people and it's yes, like but... as long like it would only make me angry if it was somehow poisoning the part of the game that it's actually important to stay pure and that's the canon like a great man once said if you're not for the people you can't buy the people and that's what makes me so angry here today that's th this this is what the people want i know that and it's never going to Go back to the way it once was, but we're spending too much time on my old man concerns here. I'm aware of that. For what it's worth, I do hope the Ninja Turtles play cool. The the other thing they, is, let like, me know how they are. Comic books are dropping the money. In Injustice uh, as a comic book game, and it's like, look, I read JLA meeting the Power Rangers. I've read too many series in the past year of Batman meeting the Turtles. So. I've 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 read two series in the past year where the turtles meet the Ghostbusters, <laughs> and those are good books. <laughs> yeah, meanwhile, I like those I, stories. Meanwhile, and I yeah, meanwhile in fucking IDW, it's like the Transformers with Mask and Rom the Space Knight, Space Knight, and like Micronauts, and you're trying to sell me a GI Joe book, and because you're putting <laughs> Skywarp in there, Skywarp is the one Transformers character that I. Well, one of the Transformers characters I really love, and you're throwing him in there to make me follow that. I'm tired of it. Let it be. Just let things be themselves. Please. It's happening everywhere, and I'm so fucking tired of it. Did you know Rom isn't a robot? It's a guy in a suit. Yeah, I think so. And on that note... I did not know that <laughs> until, like, last week I saw a picture of him with the suit off, and I'm like, wait, that's a suit? Because if you look at it, like, he doesn't have the proportions of how a man would even fit in there. I'm pretty sure Samuel has to do a Transformer in one of the ongoing series currently. I don't know. So, next All question. Right. Yep, next question from Recon. Are you guys looking forward to The Punisher? Uh, real quick, I have not seen Luke Cage or Iron Fist or The Defenders. So, to answer that question, you know, it's probably going to... I'll probably jump to the Punisher before I watch Luke Cage or Iron Fist because honestly, I just fell out of the loop of. I mean, I enjoyed the hell out of Daredevil season one. I enjoyed Jessica Jones quite a bit as well. I enjoyed Daredevil season two. I just have had not had the desire to sit there for. You know, I did it with Stranger Things. I binged the hell out of that, but I don't know. I just none of them have 
captured my interest, like Iron Fist or Luke Cage or any of those left to feel like I need to just sit there and binge them all because I know that's what's going to happen. I'm not the type of person that can just watch one episode here, then another episode there. It's like if I if I start watching it, I'm going to watch the whole damn thing. So that's a weekend for me, and that's... Yeah, I don't know. It's a commitment. It's a commitment. It is, it is for sure. That's It's always tough I'm, for me I'm, to start those. I'm the same way, but I have a lot of free time, so I have, in fact, seen all of the Netflix shows. I watched Punisher last week. Nice. Well, so, uh, so I can't say I'm looking forward to it, because I've already seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Chad Temp? It was, it was okay. It was okay, but it was so fucking slow. Like, it wasn't... Yeah. He didn't start, like, shooting dudes and being the Punisher until, like, the last three episodes. And those last three episodes were great, but... God damn it, now I don't even need to watch the show. God <laughs> damn it. But it's it's just, it's a lot of, all of these Netflix shows, including The Punisher, are a lot of slow drama. And then the last two or three episodes are where all the good shit happens. I was looking forward to it, and then I watched it, and now I kind of wish I'd spent the night doing something more productive. I, I, I don't know. I didn't hate it, but what Razor just said is absolutely very true. And there's kind of a formula that's emerging. Scene one, episode one. Hero puts away their gear, never to touch it again. I'm number getting one, real sick of that, yeah. Number one, <laughs> fuck you. Don't play us for idiots. Don't waste our fucking time. Because it makes me wonder if you're secretly ashamed to be writing a superhero story. Okay? Well, here's, here's, it's like you don't know how to actually handle the notion of someone putting on an outfit and running around and fighting crime. It's like that's too embarrassing or what? Well, the, the thing, thing for me is... It's happened it, twice now. It, it does. It keeps happening. And it's like... It's when it happens at the beginning of Punisher, I'm like, okay, I get it. He got his revenge for his family. You have to... There's like a leap from that to kill all criminals forever. You know, there's there's a... You have to explain how he makes that jump. So it does make sense for him to lay down arms and try to live a normal life once he's achieved his first goal. I don't think that it should but, have taken him that long to put the fucking skull No, it, on, it should not have taken the entire season, no. And, and when you do it at the beginning of season two of a show, like, Darede well, Daredevil, Defender starts with Daredevil having put away being Daredevil. That's not okay. It's yeah. <laughs> it's it's becoming a trend now, and like count on episode six or seven, hero character gets busted up and is in critical condition, and is saved by a the night nurse or b some friends. Meanwhile, there are a couple of cops who are pretty inept at their jobs, but you know they just have to do the right thing. But they'll secretly help the guy. At the end. Oh fuck off with this. Okay, I so you're looking forward about, to yeah. Punisher. <laughs> I, this could have been this. It could have been a lot better. That's all I'll say. I'll I honestly it. really don't like Defenders. I don't recommend that, that one. That one was dog shit. It was terrible. Tim? It was fucking terrible. Um, honestly, I, I'm not going to watch it. I, I, At least not right now. I have no intention of watching it. Um, at some here's, point, here's my all thing. those Netflix Marvel series... What's up? If, if you want to watch the best Punisher thing there can ever be, just watch the Thomas Jane movie and be done with it. I still haven't seen that. I, I've seen the Dolph Lundgren one a long time ago, but that was about it. Um, well, the, the Thomas Jane one is great because he doesn't just, like, kill them. He comes up with, like, jigsaw tortures. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can dig. Um, I just, at some point, all the Marvel Netflix series kind of MK9'd on me. 
where I realized none of this matters. This is not going anywhere. They're not going to run into Thor. They're not going to fight Thanos. This is all, as Razor put it some weeks ago, one-way cannon. And after that, I just stopped caring. And I think if if Daredevil Season 2 had not been so bad, I would have fought the good fight. And I did for a little while. I tried to watch Luke Cage, and it wasn't bad. And I tried to watch Iron Fist, and I thought it wasn't bad. Wow. But again, even if it's what good, even if hell? it's all right, what are we building up to? And why do I care? And I, I just don't care. Okay. Iron Fist was a huge letdown for me because that one more than any other felt like they were embarrassed or didn't know how to do the source material. Because how do you how do you fuck up a kung fu show? All right. They literally well, they to the took question. out all of the kung fu and they just made it Daredevil with a different guy. Krajax, do you think Cersei should have been a better substitute for Enchantress? I honestly find her more interesting, plus more Wonder Woman villain variety. Plus, she's already a character based off Greek mythology, so the Injustice game could expand her moveset based off mythology and the comics. Thoughts? Do you mind if I take that one? Go for it. I am glad Cersei is not DLC, because historically, I do not like the treatment that the DLC characters get. And I think there's both serious gameplay potential and story potential for Cersei. So for any character I like, I'd rather hold out for Injustice Three. And I, I would I would agree with that. I'm glad I'm glad we got in uh, Enchantress because DLC are throwaway characters who don't get to be in the sequel, and Enchantress is a throwaway character. Yeah, I'll assent to that. Cersei deserves a bit better. I still would have taken someone else over Enchantress. I'm still mystified as to why they chose her, but. If you had to have a throwaway character, why the hell not? Sure. Especially for Injustice 3. Let's do it. Yeah, not so sure why Enchantress was chosen if they're going for the Suicide Squad tie-in. Obviously, I've stated my opinion that I don't understand. I don't see Enchantress continuing on with the franchise, so it doesn't make sense to have The thing is, the thing is, if Enchantress, if Enchantress is in as a Suicide Squad tie-in, they're way too late. She should have been in the first pack. Nobody cares about Suicide Squad anymore. And that's not something that now that you want to make people think about anymore. It's right. wise to forget that. So we got Horseplay. <laughs> Horseplay says, what do you think will be the story for MK11? NRS is more than happy to throw all of the characters and plot lines introduced in the 3D games under the bus. So how do you think they will handle this new Dark Raiden arc? Aaron Black I'm... murders absolutely everyone, and it's actually just <laughs> their Aaron Black game. Everyone, like Cobra, died off screen. I've, I've answered this question multiple times. I want the Dragon King, and I want a Crisis on Infinite Earth Realms. That's... Yeah. I think they're going to go th and actually do some sort of Crisis thing, and I do believe that we're kind of building up to Liu Kang being the big bad villain if he's I, not on the I hope it's not Liu is the big I think I, I think we're gonna get some sort of Onaga Liu clusterfuck because the spirit of the dragon or what have you has always been eminent in Liu and we're gonna get kind of a corrupted bizarro version of that I think gotcha. I, want, I want Raiden to be the end boss <laughs> it's how about this? How about we get Dragon King's body with Liu Kang's head? <laughs> or Dragon so it's, King's... It's really just the zombie Liu finishing move, but he gets to walk around in it. <laughs> or how about this? It's Dragon King's body with Liu Kang as the head, like his full body and everything. <laughs> so, so he's piloting it, like, uh, yes. like Ultron. <laughs> yes. There we go. There's I'm just your... picturing the never-ending story in like, Liu's riding Onaga. 
<laughs> that's techno playing. That's exactly where we're going for MK11. Um, all right. I like they call that a dragon. It's totally a sheepdog. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna move on to Django's. We're going down. Django's question <laughs> is: When's that new Warrior Shrine episode about Fighter Pack Three going up? Last week. All right, let's go up to <laughs> Evan K. Uh, Evan asks, what's the crake with the Shujinko Lost episode? Is that a word? What's that I was, I asking, I was asking myself that. That's, that's Scottish or something, isn't it? Probably. <laughs> it's safe to assume. So what's what's up with the Shujinko Lost episode? Okay, so... So I put it off. I put it off until my work for the MK Encyclopedia was done. Yeah. But when my work for the MK Encyclopedia was done, we were in the middle of a college semester, and I've been doing work for that finals are coming up so maybe we'll be able to do it in december i would like to master the fine art of recording myself so maybe razor won't have to worry about editing so much but it's hard to find the time if i can this might be much easier i'll try this weekend i promise all right short answer life happens sometimes and we get busy so hopefully soon uh mr c 95 asks should Kano's boy be the one to off him in 11. I am assuming he means kill him. I don't want Kano's son to be a character. There are too many children. Agreed. I'm tired of the children already, so... We've we've got enough successors. It, it, and... when, you, when you have a cast, and the only idea you can come up with to expand the cast eventually becomes just give everybody an offspring, <laughs> that is a really cheap fan fiction-y tool for a writer to go to. No kidding. It's Mortal Kombat Kids. It's like the... What is that? The the Tiny Toon uh, Kids or whatever the hell that is? No, it's yeah. just... Yeah, Tiny yeah, the Toons, right? Yeah. Well, no, the Tiny Toons weren't related to the Looney yeah, Tunes. No, they know. were... I'm thinking of the, the baby. Oh, the baby Looney Tunes. Teachers at school. <laughs> I was thinking of like the baby Looney Tunes. We just need a little baby version of all the characters. I don't know. Just it's silly. I don't want any more <laughs> offsprings. We have enough as it is. I agree with Razor. There should just be right storylines of characters that they interacted with at some point in the past, and then now they're coming around for some reason. I mean, there's you can tie into the characters without having them all be like, kids. It's okay to have two or three of the next generation be related to the previous, but Kano's son would make it five. That's too fucking many. <laughs> now, even yeah. that, all of that aside, if there's if there is one rivalry within the series that needs to actually finish with death, that needs to finish with one of them killing the other, it has to be Sonya and Kano. You can't keep dragging this out. One of them has got to off the other. Maybe they kill each other. How, both... how about they kill each other and they both just fly off a cliff together? <laughs> here's, here's the thing. They're both maximum damage. Oh, shit. <laughs> By MKX, Sonya's in her 50s and Kano is in his 60s. Just leave him in jail. Don't have him be an 11. Just say he spends the rest of his life in prison and I'll believe it. <laughs> I would cool. still rather one of them finish the other one off, but... I, you know I, what? I would take that rather than like having Kano the next generation do it. Because we already got Kano the next generation and it's Jarek and no one was happy. No one. I'm going to say something controversial here. I do not want Kano in the next one, perhaps not even the one after that, but if they bring him back, do something drastic. I would say make him good. Like, make him, like, a good guy. Like, do something crazy because the character has not worked 
for a very long time, in my opinion. The he's character's just, been stale since, like, the 90s. He's been doing what he's always been doing, which is the same thing that Baraka's been doing, which is just being himself. And wow. at the very least, at the very least, Deadly Alliance gave him some background for what happened during MK3, and we got to see him still being good at what he did, but I'd say he's been stagnant since roughly Deadly Alliance. Deadly Alliance was the last time he was cool, and it was because yeah. he had worked his way up to the rank of general, and you can't really do it again because it's already been done. He's He peaked. He peaked in 2002. He became Australian in commemoration of a deceased actor, and now we just are kind of stuck with him. That's the only interesting thing about him is that he's Australian. If you take that out, there's like no... <laughs> okay, here's my thing. Baraka took 10 years to achieve the rank of just okay. Kano still hasn't gotten there yet. He's still not there. From gameplay perspective, he's all right. I would really but, put Kano several leagues ahead of Baraka, to be quite honest with oh, you. I, I, like, I like Kano much more than Baraka, but I don't really like Kano that much. I like What's Kano and Baraka. I'm just, I don't, we don't need him anymore. I just think K those are Kano's, characters that have, they, they've overstayed their welcome. I mean, Kano's motivation was money, and then it was just <laughs> do whatever it takes to survive. That's dumb and boring. They need, like, if you it make is, him good, is. at least he has That's something why, to fight for, you know? You can only do it, you can only do that character two or three times. And they've done him, how many games is he in? Fucking... It's like almost all of them. All right, well, let's oh, move on. We don't need to count, goddammit. <laughs> all right, so we're going to move on to the next question. <laughs> Battlesticks asks, fuck, Mary kill, Sonia, Melina, Sindel. And then after that, we'll do his other part of his question. So just starting, fuck, Mary kill with Sonia, Melina, Sindel. I'd like to go first once go again. Go for it. Okay, um, kill, Sonia. Fuck Melina, Mary Sindel. You're taking a risk, sir, and I like it. All right, <laughs> who else? Shad, what do you got? Um, fuck Sindel. Thank you. <laughs> Repeatedly. <laughs> for 10,000 years. And Mary Sonia, kill Melina. I think that's the only option. <laughs> the, only logic, uh, the only logical even if option. I didn't have a, even if I didn't have kind of a Sindel milf thing going on, See, that's creepy to me. That's creepy. I don't like Sindel. <laughs> that's, to me, that's the only logical he's, result she's from MP's this. She's answer to Susie Sue. How, how, how else am I supposed to feel? So it's gonna well, look, be... this, is, this is going to tell you something about my taste in women. Uh, kill Sindel, oh, fuck God. Sonia, marry Melina. Okay, all right. We're moving. <laughs> so I'm gonna it's go... like you don't want to keep your genitals. You're going to be Johnny in that comic. She's growing lips. Give it another 20 <laughs> years. Maybe it'll be a regular mouth. All right, to be I'm, fair, she's got sex with a lot of men, and they all turned out okay, so I'm just saying. What are you going to do with those lips? <laughs> I don't want to know. Anyways, I agree with Shad on this one. <laughs> Kill Melina, because, yeah, I'm not taking that chance. Uh, unless, well, I mean, there's doable ways, but you never know if the... The, the bottom half has teeth with it, so I'm not going to take that chance I'm, regardless. I'm going to assume it doesn't, because several <laughs> people have been there and survived. <laughs> yeah, well, you never know. They might have put it in door number two. Um, we'll, uh, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll fuck Sindel and then marry Sonya. Um, anyways, moving on to the second half, we have Johnny, Shao Kahn, and Scorpion for fuck, <laughs> Mary kill. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Temp, you want to jump on this one, too? Let me write down the characters. Who are the characters? Johnny Cage, Shao Kahn, and Scorpion. 
It's in the well, question. Kill Shao Kahn, obviously. <laughs> yeah. like, oh my well, god. No, I I if you marry again. Shao Kahn, you get to be queen of Outworld. <laughs> you want to be able to walk again, so you're assuming he's going to be the pitcher in that relationship. Well, he has to be, let's be honest. Well, I disagree, actually. My response to this is fuck Shao Kahn, marry Johnny, kill Scorpion. Because I guarantee you, Shao Kahn's a power bottom. <laughs> what the hell? Mm. Those, those, those buns those buns have seen some action <laughs> he's probably into a lot of s m going on there a lot of s this is some serious headcanon we're writing <laughs> on the spot you know what i'm gonna throw i'm gonna go a little bit different than shad here i'm gonna kill scorpion fuck johnny and marry shao khan because I feel like if you marry Shao Kahn, you're marrying into a lot of power and you probably don't have to work another day in your you're, life. You're See also that, creating like a sitcom <laughs> right there. I mean, I, okay, can, so... I can recite lines. If I marry Shao Kahn, I can recite lines and you too shall die. <laughs> I can do that just fine. He wants. He, want, he wants to be Annihilation sent out. So, uh... Just get home. How was work, honey? I'm making a cake, and he's like using the hammer as, 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 as like a little mixing tool. <laughs> I mean, I like I like the logic of Mary Shao Kahn, and you get to be queen of Outworld. But... <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'll gladly be queen of Outworld, dressed in the finest. I am, a, I am a small person, and I would not survive. <laughs> so, kill Shao Kahn. Fuck Johnny, that seems like a lot of fun. And marry Scorpion, because if anything bad happens to me, he will not rest until I, he has his revenge. I, think I, can I like that commitment. I, I, can... I, I, I can domesticate Scorpion. <laughs> I can... Honestly, I, I think I'd have a very happy marriage with Johnny. For like three months. Then divorce settlement. Boffo divorce settlement. And I'm set for life. That's true. Of all of his assets. That's a good angle. I forgot about that. All right. We'll move on here to the last question we have. Uh, Mr. C95, um, how would you write an Aaron Black solo adventure? I've actually got this planned out. It's seven parts, right? Sure. And it's this okay. giant, it's this giant epic. Are you I'm about honest, to describe Harry I'm Potter? One... That's seven parts. <laughs> ha! You wish. No. Part one is called The Gunslinger. You see, oh, he I enters see a desert, going. and he's chasing this man in black. Now, I've got this rough sketch of where to go with this. Something about a heroin junkie and a cripple. Does it? Does it? I don't have a lot to work with yet, but is there a very large tower? How did you know I was planning to make that M that very MK two stage crucial to the plot? Well done, sir. Well done. Hmm. Laying the train would be a badass stage. I'd, I'd fight in that stage. That'd be tight. <laughs> but, however, um, I actually think there's something there. If you had, like, a... Like, if Baron Black had, like, a little boy he had to protect, that would make the character more okay, interesting. Okay, that... So here's... here's. Do you remember the Malibu comic where Baraka has a, to protect a baby <laughs> because it's, like, outworld Jesus? <laughs> that never stops being funny every time we bring it up. Fucking That's Baraka what I would do except Aaron slow. instead of Baraka. That sounds great! I like it. That actually yeah, makes it. sense, yeah. That, that's, that's, a good, uh, that's a good way to yeah. do it. All yeah. right, so anybody that's listening right now, 
<laughs> to finish out the show here, we're going to bring some of you on if you want to. If not, then uh, we'll close out the show here. Um, go ahead and put in the message to come on in that uh, little text channel. Message to come on. Go ahead and put the uh, the eggplant symbol if you want to come on the show. We'll bring you on and talk a little <laughs> bit. So go to the message to come on the show channel if you're interested in coming on. Uh, we'll wait just a minute here and uh, chat amongst ourselves. But if that's something you're interested in, we'll unmute you in our little chat here. And you can ask whatever question you want live or discuss something with us. And then we'll cycle you out for somebody else. If nobody's interested, we'll just go ahead and uh, move on here. Um, give that a, a minute here. Let me check the... Oh, we've got someone. It's the we message. To, it was the message to come on the show, not the questions for the show. So I'm sorry, oh. Battlesticks, you have been eliminated. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We'll bring... <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll bring on Battlesticks here. Um, so give me one moment. I just got to change your role real quick, and then we'll bring you on. So, so stay tuned, and then we're is... going to move you to the general chat and then bring you back in the live recording, and you can talk away. Is oh, the eggplant referencing what I think the eggplant is referencing? Do you do you think the eggplant is referencing Kid Icarus? No. <laughs> That's... No, I do hey. not. Rise Climbers. Hey, that's a Thanos dick joke. Everyone shut the hell up. Oh. We have a guest on. Show some damn respect. I was six in the world in Mario Golf. All right, I brought somebody on. You show them a little bit of respect. <laughs> Battle sticks. Nice Battle sticks. How are you doing, bud? I'm all right. What's going on, guys? You hear me all right? Yeah, we hear you yeah. just fine. It actually yeah, sounds you're perfect. Good. Beautiful. What do you got for um, us? Uh, I'm not sure. I guess uh, so. Last week I did double Emmy of Justice League, followed by Thor. Okay. Which I think okay. was definitely in the right order. <laughs> Four turned out to be so much better. Sure, I can agree I with that. To, I got to walk out mildly amused with uh, Justice League. I am in some sort of fucking minority here because I I walked out being pleasantly surprised by Justice League, and I came out of Thor going, "Well, it's pointless, but kind of fun, I guess." I'm with Shadowloo here. I'm actually in the exact same page as Shadowloo, honestly. Well, here yeah. here's the thing. I I didn't hate Justice League as much as the re entire rest of the internet seems to, but it is just like a mess, and oh, no doubt about that. <laughs> like I said, I came out going, I'm surprised that was as good as it was, and I actually had some fun. The thing is, Thor Ragnarok <laughs> is for me the perfect kind of movie. I fucking love the the eighties aesthetics and how it was like this adventure going I, from planet to planet and there was I, I like the aesthetics but i don't know why the 80s aesthetics are there that I is mean, a just, random choice the, they just 80s aesthetics are there, there. are there i think because okay so this is a weird thing but when i think of thor the first thing i think of isn't uh marvel comics or norse mythology it's the movie adventures and babysitting <laughs> I'll tell you right now why the Which 80 aesthetics film. was there. The 80 aesthetics are there for two reasons. Reason number one, Guardians of the Galaxy. Reason number two, that helps. Stranger <laughs> Things. 80s yeah. is in, and that's why they went with it. That's all. Well, I also, I also think the 80s fits Thor, because when like there's a lot of uh, crossover between like Viking imagery and uh, 80s rock and metal. Like Kung Fury? <laughs> <laughs> I no. Uh, <laughs> I just totally disagree with that statement utterly. I, I would toss uh, in what I was surprised in 
impressed with it uh, just because the first one I haven't watched in years. It's probably for the best. Walking out of that and enjoying it. Thor 2, I couldn't get through. And then um, what I liked about it is they just seem to have so much fun with it. And for Thor being one of the most ridiculous characters of the Avengers, such a goofy concept, goofy world, giant helmets, weird horns, weird aesthetics. <laughs> for them to like fully embrace how bizarre it is and just kind of go into like a full-blown comedy. And did that opening scene remind anyone else of The Emperor's New Groove? I don't even remember Sitting what the hell the opening scene was. That way. <laughs> Sitting in the cage, reminiscing about the past. Oh, yeah. You start there and yeah, work Yeah, you know back. what, yeah. And it's like, I just like the idea that they kind of went full-blown through, uh, just with the comedy. It's a ridiculous world. It's a weird idea. Might as well go full throttle. Well, I just, that's, for me, all, like, the 80s aesthetic isn't just about, like, the 80s. It's that that was the last decade big we hair, had where big people... Clothes, big music. Well, it's more like the colors. Because when the 90s hit, we started desaturating everything. Because grunge yeah. came in. And everything yeah. got dark and muddy and rainy. It back. didn't. It didn't happen as fast as you'd like to think. Yeah, the nineties. I remember I think those fucking neon. neon. The early nineties. Yeah. The early nineties yeah. had a lot of pastel windbreakers and like spin yeah. doctors. I think of like Fresh Prince of Bel Air in the nineties and or, or uh, Saved by the Bell and that type of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Just go ahead. Now. Anyways, yeah, I. I thought they were both good. I thought Justice League was a step in the right direction. Not as good as it could be, but I mean, I I recently read an article actually today where they mentioned just how fucked up the whole lead up to Justice League was. And I guess, uh, I don't know how true it was, but I guess the, like the, the top executives at WB are the reason why the movie didn't get pushed back. Yeah. Um, I've heard heard about this. It was like, they, yeah, they wanted to get like their bonus or something. Yeah, the producers, yeah, I that too. That's the so producers wanted to very... get their money, like their bonus or whatever, before the end of the year because they're probably leaving WB. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, if that's true, then that really sucks for DC in general because they're struggling as it is. That movie could have been pushed back and could have been made even better, I think. Uh, I mean, it explains why the shitty CGI on Superman's face and that kind of nonsense. Oh, but, uh, I now think I'm the thing of it is... I'm having Vietnam flashbacks. <laughs> it's okay. Fucking, let's just that fucking the, the smile and the, the mustache and the smile and the mustache. Uh, yeah, and, but and that was mass graves like, and like to see though. They should have like, just let Superman him have himself, the facial yeah. hair. They should have the just let him have the facial flash hair. Flash is amazing. Then when he woman have that headbutt headbutting battle. Yeah, that that, that, that is the best scene in the movie. Up. Yeah, oh, yes. Headbutt in the ground was so. It was beastly, and then just, when he comes back on the great, good yeah. side, and it's still waxing ass, like when he was looking at him running around the area, slowly oh, towards him, his eyes following him. The theater yeah. lost its shit. Eh. It was a wonderfully done moment. And you hear that, like the slow motion, yeah. from Flash. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, I want to watch it again now. All right. Well, thanks for coming on Battle Sticks. Thanks for tuning yeah, in. I'll uh, yeah, switch it back Cheers. out so you can keep listening. We're going to bring on, it looks like Snake Eyes put the purple dick in the uh, chat there, so we'll get that going on. <laughs> so this is about Thanos' well, way. No, not it. at all. No, he was doing he was doing the fucking eggplant thing like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, whenever the last episode was. But bef- before we bring on the next guest, there is one thing I want to say about Justice League. Is if Even if it had been pushed back, the only thing they could really improve is the CGI, which is important, but you're not going to... 
What's going to end up happening if you push the movie back is you're going to spend more money. The budget's going to get higher, but I don't think you're going to make more money because a lot of the reason Justice League failed wasn't the movie itself. It was bad reputation going in. Sure, I people, think that played its people part. People are still people are still punishing WB for how bad previous movies have been and yeah. how they had no faith in this one because of all these stories of the director was replaced in the middle. Yeah. And all you know there was so much bad news about Justice League that people had resolved to not go to see it and without obviously having yeah, seen it. I mean the Rotten Tomatoes score and all that played its part as well. A lot of people rely on that these days. Did not do so well on the Rotten Tomatoes, unfortunately, because I felt like it should have done better. I mean, it, it did almost Batman vs Superman levels of low, so I felt like it it's definitely should have deserved more than that. But yeah. oh well, I think once they get yeah, Snyder so, out, I just hope like, they don't. I don't. I just hope they don't lose faith in this. I hope once they get Snyder out, they find their niche. They obviously did well with Wonder Woman. Hopefully, Aquaman I think, does I think well Aquaman as well. Aquaman is going to be good because. God, I want to believe that. On to brighter There's, pastures the, and brighter futures. Let's just hope that they really start yeah. to get their groove with the actual Justice League movies. Um, anyways, let's bring on uh, Snake Eyes here. Let me move them over real quick. What's up, bud? What do you got? <laughs> so, uh, first of all, Thor, uh, I think Flash Gordon was a huge influence on that thing. Mm. See, you I really what? like Flash Gordon. Those are the those are the kind of movies I like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but you can see where the whole '80s aesthetic kind of rolls from. It's from like the uh, the Flash Gordon movie. Second of all, let's talk about the Avengers uh, Infinity War trailer. Oh my god, it's so good. It's pretty good. <laughs> Did you guys notice how like Thanos is Homer Simpson now? <laughs> have you seen all these photoshops? No, I, I have seen the it, it's, it's, it's it's that or he's the dude from Pawn Stars. Yeah, yeah. I saw that to me. It looks perfect. To me, here's the thing about Infinity War. Okay, I'm so ugh, I'm I'm on the fence here because one, the trailer looks fantastic. But I've been, obviously, I, I've been the more outspoken. I'm getting kind of tired of the Marvel formula. They're all good movies. They're good to great to amazing. It's not like they're making bad movies. It's just I feel like they're all a little samey for my, for me. Like, they're all comedy and action when I want more drama. I want those serious stakes. I want to be driven to the ground and see them rise up and overcome. Like, to me, I like that impactful tension throughout the movie. Um... The I mean, problem Civil I have War with this, was like that. so it was Winter Soldier. Well, here's, well here's yeah, the thing. I love I love Winter I... Soldier. That's that's one of my favorites. But my problem with this is their trailers always depict a more serious movie than it ends up being, and it's like, yeah, you have Iron Man look really like he's just been through hell. You could potentially have Spider Man dying, Cap dying, and several other characters dying because I know they're looking to. You know, after Infinity War and then the one that's to follow Infinity War that's supposed to, you know, wrap it all up because they're supposed to be connected. I'm assuming several characters will die. And if that's the case, then, hey, finally, they're really pushing, you know, making you feel something instead of making everything a joke. That I'll look I forward to. But, it, uh, but go it, ahead. now it's earned, right? Now it, yeah. now it, it has to get to that point because now you've brought Thanos out. It's like, well, it you has better to. Yeah, it has to. If no yeah, one like, dies, then it's like, what the hell? I mean, if Thanos can't get the job done to some regard to make him a serious threat, then it just also it's can I just say silly. that like Vision as a human looks so unnatural, even though I know it's just Paul Bettany with like an LED stuck <laughs> to his forehead. I so I'm really intrigued by that scene because if you look really close at the wide shot before it goes in for close up, there's a kid in the bed. 
Wanda and Vision have children. They have adopted. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good this idea. is either this is either a dream sequence or they're setting up for like in the comics where Here's Vision the goes twist. crazy and wishes her kids into existence. And I that was about to say. Here's the plot twist. No, they don't. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. Um, it looks really good, though. Like, to, yeah, honestly, it like it looks amazing. I watched the trailer like three or four times. Got goosebumps. Got really like hyped to the. I think this is gonna be the first superhero movie in a while that I feel really, really hyped to go see when it finally comes out because it's ten years in the making. It's hard to yep. overlook. It's been ten years of well-made movies, well thought out, planned movies, inter you know twined with each other. That, to me, I mean, my hat is off to them, as critical as I've been with the formulaic approach that they've been doing as of late. To me, I mean, they, they've they done it really, really, really well. It's hard to be a DC it, movie fan it, at this stage. It feels earned. Because it's it so good. It honestly feels earned. It really does. Like, I, re- I really give them for, a lot of credit. It feels earned I, for us as fans for sticking with it for 10 years, and it feels earned for them for building it for 10 years and like just sticking with that plan. I do hope the payoff's worth it, but I can't I help really but looking do. at all these, all of these characters, and I'm, I'm afraid of a scenario where there's just so much going on, and there are so many people for us to focus on. Either no one's going to be happy with how much screen time their favorite character gets or doesn't get, or it's going to be this big unfocused mess. Like, I'm, I think this is going to be like kind of a Robert Downey Jr. movie with everyone else as supporting characters to some extent. I really hope that's not the case. I. Ugh, no, God, no, please. <laughs> I, I'm fine with other... Ca- I mean, not every character is going to get, you know, 20 minutes of screen time. I get that. I mean, yeah, don't a, expect a lot of exposition from Falcon. That's a that's a comic book, though. <laughs> to me, that is a comic book. You do have your stars of the show. You have your Iron Man, you have your Cap, and you have their supporting cast, and then you have the supporting of the supporting cast. I get that, and I'm perfectly okay if, you know, Hawkeye and Falcon and War Machine... Don't get as much time as your Cap and Iron Man and, you know, Hulk, etc. And Doctor Strange. I get that. And I'm perfectly fine with that because that is exactly how a comic book works. You know, not every... Yeah, some like characters that's... are just there in the background. I get that. And I'd rather they be in the background than not in it at all. My problem is I, I just need Thanos to be a real threat. They have built up this villain after so many movies. And my biggest complaint about the Marvel Cinematic Universe is so many times the villains just do not feel like legitimate threats. I feel like they are built up in the trailers to be very scary, like the Mandarin or Ultron. And then when it comes to the actual movie, it's just like, meh, they didn't really accomplish that much. So to me, I'm hoping Thanos, you know, obviously you don't want to see your favorite characters die, but at the same time, you need some character deaths in this, especially. He needs a body count, yeah. Yeah, he needs at least I mean, here's here's the thing, though, is that, like, Ultron kills Quicksilver and it still doesn't feel like it matters. So it's not death. Because he was only in that movie. This <laughs> might be because Quicksilver doesn't really matter. Well, well see, my, yeah, he my was point, introduced though, is, my point though is yeah. that death doesn't matter. That it that's not the key to drama. It's all in how you frame it. Sure, I agree with you to an extent too. It's how they do it. You know, if 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 Scarlet Witch dies and then the next second they make a you know a knock knock joke, which they're notorious for doing these days, then it, it takes it away. They need to make it feel like it truly does matter that one of these characters dies. If Vision dies or Hawkeye dies or whatever the case, that character needs to truly stand for something when they die. They need to die in a heroic fashion, but it also needs to be taken seriously. And seeing seeing Tony Stark's facial expression, he looks like legitimately like he, you know, that looks serious. It looks emotional. 
which is well good. for me for me i go back to like civil war and it's like Rhodey didn't die but him crippling <clears throat> getting crippled was a serious moment sure i agree so it's like it's again death is being used as a shorthand for drama but that's not a one-to-one that's fair that's fair it's all in how they do it i agree um i do think that uh infinity war i mean we know that infinity war is setting up for the last movie of you know this whole big stage that they've been leading up to in this current marvel cinematic universe so i feel like we're gonna see several character two or three character deaths at least in this movie and then you know maybe it's all thanos getting all the stones and then how do they overcome him in the fourth because it's it's pretty much guaranteed that he's going to be the villain in the fourth, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he'll yeah, be. I so, so yep. yeah. I, I, think, I, think I, think, I think this movie is about collecting the stones, and then I think the this movie fourth ends... movie will be more beating He him. has them, and it seems hopeless. It's and gonna, then they this try. is going to be the Empire Strikes Back, right? Like, I think where this he movie ends comes with out the on snap. Top. Snap, yeah, Cap. Yeah, this one's gonna whatever. end with the snap, and they're gonna bring Adam Warlock in in the fourth one along with Captain Marvel. Yeah. yeah. more, like this is gonna be more planetary based, and then I think the uh, the fourth movie is gonna be all cosmic. If Cap so, dies you know, instantly, it's gonna mean a lot to me because that's my favorite Avenger. I mean, right. so if Cap dies in this, that's gonna be huge. And I, I, I mean, to me, I'm expecting it because of the civil war between them. You need one of the main figures dying. It has to be Iron Man or Cap. I, I don't feel confident that this movie will end in the snap because there are movies between three and four. And while Captain Marvel is set in the past, Guardians 3 isn't. So right, it, would feel, it would feel weird to force James Gunn to make a whole movie set in the middle of a status quo change. Maybe. I don't yeah, know. Maybe. Because, I mean, like. It looks good. Oh, yeah, it looks good. Um. I was going to say that, like, in the trailer, we see Thanos with two of the stones. We see him with the Power Stone. We see him with the Space Stone. So, Xandar, the Nova Corp, probably completely destroyed at that point. Probably. And all the Asgardians are dead, with the exception of Loki, if Thanos is oh, yeah. kill him. I mean, you for, see Loki, uh, or you see somebody, it looks like Loki, but you see somebody walking over all the Asgardians' body. I mean, coming yeah. out of Thor Ragnarok, it looked like, clearly they set up that Loki took the Tesseract back when he was... You know, at the end scene yeah. there, he took it back, and that's probably how Thanos found their ship, and he kills all the Asgardians, Loki gives him the test, you know, it goes bad again, and then Thor's like, oh, you, brother, <laughs> I always let you get away with things, <laughs> nepotism. I, mean, <laughs> I think I think Thanos just breaks Loki's neck as soon as he gets the Tesseract. That would I, I don't be think, ridiculously I don't think huge Loki, if they did that. Yeah, I don't think Loki makes it far into the movie. That would be huge. Mm. I mean, I see, like I said, they. I don't think a lot of these actors are signed on for that many more movies. I mean, obviously the newer ones, like Black Panther and those guys are. Yeah, and Do- then, Doctor you know, Strange, Panther, Spider-Man, Ant-Man. those guys are going to keep going. Yeah, but it's the, it's the old guys. Most of the guys. original Avengers are probably coming up on the end. Yeah, yeah, I figure Cap, Hawkeye, you know, Iron Man, Thor, their days are numbered, I feel like. Yep. So, and uh, speaking of the new guys, they cast Jude Law as Marvel. Guys, see that? No, I didn't see that. I I heard him. He got casted. I just didn't know who he was cast as. But yeah, that's cool. It's gonna be weird um, not having not having Cap and Iron Man around if that is the direction they take after you know Infinity War's sequel. I think it would be. 
I think it would be weird if, like, all of them die. So I wouldn't be surprised if, like, Robert Downey Jr. survives and then just retires. Yeah. Like, Tony Stark makes cameos as a mentor figure in future movies or something. I could see something like that for sure. I, I doubt they'll all die for sure. Like, all the main ones, I mean, all the older yeah. ones, but... I think Cap is as good as dead, and I think Hawkeye is as good as dead. I think those two are the... Do you think Cap the... is the last one standing, though? Uh, you know, I hope song? so. As a big Cap fan, I, I hope he's the last yeah. man standing. He goes down fighting. But I just feel like this has all been building up to Cap dying and then Iron Man feeling extremely guilty. I mean, he had that vision in the last Avengers movie of, like, all of them defeated and Cap's shield broken and all that. Like, I feel like it's only leading well, to I, Cap being I, replaced I by Bucky. Be... So I don't th- I don't think Cap's going to die in three, but I do think he'll die in four. Yeah, I think he'll at least have one last chance to put on the classic outfit and pick up the shield before he goes. Maybe because right now yeah. he's he's in that. Uh, nomad outfit. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's going to suck to see him go. I'm not like Winter Soldier's great and all, but I mean, I'm, I'm a Steve Rogers guy, so it's going to suck seeing him replaced going forward. I'm still saying dead Iron Man and Cap's safe for another couple of movies. That'd be fantastic. Chris Evans, to his credit, did say, because his contract was coming up, um, he did say he's game for doing more Marvel movies because he knows that going on set for a Marvel movie, he know, he doesn't have to worry about it being a bad movie. So he said he's <laughs> game to keep going with the movies if they want them. Um, so I'm hoping they keep him around. But uh, I just feel like I, I Winter Soldier dude, like that dude's signed on for like nine movies so i just feel like the writing's on the wall that he's gonna take over but i i do i do hope it's bucky and not falcon because i like falcon but when he became captain america in the comics it's never sat right with me because he never fully became captain america he's more like captain he's falcon, falcon. Yeah. he's wearing a combination <laughs> of the two outfits and that feels it commit you know commit yeah. <laughs> but all right We'll wrap it up here. Thanks for coming on, by the way, and bringing yeah, up totally. that topic. Because yeah, that's I didn't even think about that, but that's good stuff. Uh, anyways, um, we'll get ready to wrap this up here. Um, anything else you guys got before we uh, close out the show? No, I'm good. I'm good. Doing good. All right. Well, on that note, uh, thanks everyone for tuning in for our uh, big episode eighty. We went longer than we have in a long time. But uh, we had a lot to cover there. Thanks, everyone, for asking questions. Loved a lot of those questions. I love the, even the more humorous ones, like Battlesticks, the <laughs> Fuck, Mary Kill. I think those lead to some fun discussions that we don't that really... Was, that was a good time. <laughs> we don't ever really talk about, you know, silly stuff like that. We're morally kind of focused on the task at hand for the most part. So I love we, the we questions. We are so serious. Yeah, super Always serious so all serious. the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, thanks, everyone, for submitting questions. You can do so on the Discord. Once again, if you haven't joined the Discord... Why not? It's free. You can do it on your browser or in, you know, a downloadable program. It's completely free. Uh, come download or come join the discussion and listen to us live when we record. We'll have you on if you want to. Towards the end of the episode, we try and do this every time now as we can bring people on and discuss whatever they want, uh, be it silly or serious or whatever, and we'll answer your questions. So anyways, thanks everyone for tuning in and catch you next time. And hopefully... Uh, round out with the third part of our MK Games favorites and least favorites. So see you guys later. Peace. Cheerio. Good night. <laughs> what are you laughing about? Mr. Giggles. Uh, you ever see that movie? Mr. Giggles? Fuck you. No.
I have not seen that movie. <laughs> Big old band-aid on your face. Does Mr. Giggle say fuck you? It's a horror movie. No, he doesn't. But he it's dumb. Aww. Anyways. Adios. They're they're totally gonna be four episodes. Don't tell me that. Don't there talk is no to other way Six in the world. Six in no, the world. Wait. Respect. Listen. If there are four episodes, that means that we end our big anniversary thing at New Year's. Ho ho ho. How about that? Six in the world. <laughs> okay. That was pathetic.